Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for people with laser swords. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler, what did we watch? We watched Star Wars colon episode eight or V-I-I-I. The Last Jedi. The eighth episode. The. Add two. Add two to it. Plus two. Eight plus two. The 10th released mm-hmm. and also the 10th chronologically. Because now we're at the point where it's that that's just how it is. We're here. We did it. Yes. We have arrived. Oh, Tyler. Wait. Did Solo come out before or after this one? I don't want to tell me if you think about it. It's after. Solo so it's the ninth one. After. It's the ninth movie released. What a weird arc this all took. Yeah. This whole series, like the fact that. The Force Awakens and Rogue One happened, and then this movie happened, and then Solo happened, and then everyone lost their mind. <laughs> because the way that this movie went affected how Solo went, and the way Solo went affected J.J. Abrams coming back. Like, what a mess. What a hot mess. Yeah. From the same group that's managing Marvel, we got well, this. different group people. Different group? And the same company that owns the group that's managing Marvel. Yeah, so it's the same. It's all Disney, but like this is oh. Kathleen Kennedy and her K-K. team. K squared. Marvel is Kevin Feige, right, and his team. Yeah. Kevin Feige's good enough that D- was it DC tried to snipe him, or was it Star Wars tried to snipe him? I don't know. Some other big. It was DC or Star Wars tried to be like, hey, and he was like, no, please. Marvel is too much already. Can you imagine? It's too much for one man. That would be like. If Microsoft being. tried to poach Steve Jobs, they were like, hey, you built Apple? Do you want to just come over here and do a bunch of stuff with our stuff? No. Yeah. Like, yes. uh, that would be like if I restored a classic car and I was like, finally, time to drive it. And they were like, hey, do you want to build this car from scratch? It's like, I don't, I just finished this car. Let me drive my car. I want to go. Yes. Speaking of cars, Cody. Yeah. Tiffany and I have been watching Supernatural. I don't want to. The classic car from Supernatural is, of course, 67 Chevy Impala. All right. So nice. It's so nice, Cody. So nice. What if I were to tell you right now at this moment in Idaho Falls, there is a 66 Chevy Impala for sale. And it's so nice. Okay. If you're going to buy a car from the 60s, How's that not going to be from 69? Like what, what even are you doing with your life if you're yeah. not going to pick the 69? Look, that's not available right now. <laughs> it's in high demand since Look, the internet happened. You're asking me, how do I know this? Is it because I opened Facebook Marketplace and for some reason it's like, we gotcha. You're in Idaho. And I was like, okay, I guess I am. <laughs> and that was the first thing that popped up. And I was like, well. I wish I had $8,000 and lived in Idaho. Right. Don't we all, if we all had $8,000 were in Idaho, we'd just be 68 Chevy in around 66, 66 Chevy in around, and it'd be a better place. Yeah. It's blue. It was blue Chevy. Ah, blue's a great color. Yeah. Anyway, we watched Star Wars. No, hold on. My favorite classic car I've seen because I went there to classic car exhibit in San Diego at Balboa oh. Park, which is the most special place in the world. They had a they had an old Roadrunner, which mm. is just like 
is it a charger or it's some old cool car i forget who makes it but they made a roadrunner edition or is it their roadrunner i forget anyway it's purple yeah. and it's a classic car and it has a roadrunner on it like a little road like a official roadrunner like little uh what's it called little metal thingies little logos it has a roadrunner on it it's so cool yeah. but it's like a really cool car yeah but it has an official little roadrunner what's like a stamped metal what's it called emblem emblem i'm not a car guy everyone thought i was like a cool car guy and i just ruined it did i ever tell you my grandpa used to make used to rebuild old classic cars no like model t's up to like the 60s and stuff that's cool build them from scratch wow it's like that metaphor from earlier yes tyler so anyway we watched (laughs) but he would build them and sell them and then do another one that's yeah that's fine what you said earlier is what he did he had a pink one like a mary Kay. like the the pink the you know like you say you know like classic movie right the pink uh, cadillac with the big wings yeah you have some old guy wanted one of those so bad he's like that was my dream car when i was a kid i want you to build me one and it's the only car he's like i really don't want to sell this but it was pink he's like i don't like pink I uh, I'm like, okay. when I was a kid, I really wanted a Thunderbird, like an old like '60s Thunderbird. Yeah. And then there was a dude I went to church with who had like four from like the <gasps> '50s and '60s. Why didn't you take one? Well, I found out how terrible their gas mileage was, and I was like, maybe, oh, yeah. Yeah. maybe it's not the time. And ever since then, I've been a Toyota sedan man. <laughs> That's essentially all I've driven since then. <laughs> I mean, it's been the same Toyota sedan though, hasn't it? No, no. Oh, okay. I've gone through a few because I drove a. This is no one cares about this. I drove a Corolla for my first car. Yeah. I learned how to drive in a Tacoma and an Honda Odyssey. All right, nice. And a little bit in a Corolla. Then I got my own Corolla, and then I left. And then my sister got that Corolla, and she still has that Corolla to this day. And then I I got a Camry, but then it turns out they swapped the odometer on it, and so it had Oof. way more. Yeah, no, they got me. They got me good. I got you with that. Um, and then that car pooped out after a while. I got like a 98 one that I had for a number of times. I crashed that. Nice. I'll be honest. That's all on me. Yeah. Okay. And now I've got an O2. Basically, what I've determined is for the rest of my life, I, I will always own a Toyota Camry. And every time I buy one, it will be two to four years older <laughs> than the one I had. And that's just my life. So whenever my current Camry gives out, I will buy an 05 Camry. I will own that for seven years. And then I will buy an 09 Camry. And that will be my life until I die. So, yeah. Yeah. That's about it. That's how you're going to do it. Tyler, what on earth is this movie even about? This movie is about uh, space wizards. How does it work? Whizzing about. Where does it? It's in space. It's in space. Outer space. Outer space. Oh my goodness. Far away. In the past. Oh, wow. So their technology is less advanced. It's more. What? But is less it? at what the same time. It's a fanciful world we live in. It's all steampunk, but without the steam and without the punk. It's like a steampunk space western, uh, but it's lasers and crystals instead of steam and punk. Exactly. All right. We got it. Yeah. Nailed, <laughs> nailed it. it. <laughs> okay. Tyler, I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't have to ask you how this went for you. Because I know how many times you've watched this movie in the last No, week. No, because we got to stick with the narrative that I don't like this movie. And I think it was a mistake Let to me give tell it to you. Ryan Johnson. 
I honestly think this is only my second time seeing this movie. <laughs> I saw it like midnight premiere, Screenland Armor, my pr- my preferred place to watch nerdy premieres. Right. It was delightful. I loved it. And I was like, you know what? This is a great movie. This is exactly what Star Wars needed. Then I found out a lot of people hated this movie. And uh, I rewatched it, as we mentioned. And let me tell you, it's not as good as I remember. Well, no, it's not that it's not as good as I remember. The parts that were good were as good and in some ways better than I remember. And the parts that I didn't like were just, you know, it was more, it was very polarizing. I was like, oh, this movie has lower lows than I remember, but also has very high highs. So it's a weird mix for me. I like it. I recommend it. Good job, Brian Johnson. You still messed up a little bit, but for the most part, good job. Uh, and I will, I, I maintain this. I think the last hour of The Last Jedi is one of the best Star Wars movies. I think the first hour and a half is on par with the average Star Wars movie. So that's where I stand. Tell me your thoughts. So many though, Cody. So many thoughts. I still stand firmly on the hill that it was a mistake to go J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, J.J. Abrams. Right. That was a bad choice. They're two incredibly different. They took the story two incredibly different directions. And it was, you're snapping people's necks with this right. snapping back and forth. Mm-hmm. In my research, I have learned many things that make me think, oh, I have changed some of my thoughts. Um, I think this is the prettiest Star Wars movie. Wow. Interesting. I think this is a movie because it looks great. I made you re I made you re pull up some of the scenes on your TV because I thought they looked washed out, but now they don't look washed out. Mm-hmm. So what's happening, Cody? Why can your TV put two incredibly, you know, endless black eternal nothingness bars on the top and bottom, but it can't do a field of stars without looking like I pudding. That's I, what I want to know. I think whoever did OLED is like it's a cartel of some kind. Like since OLED came out, they're like, no. No one's allowed to do this. Just make us. it worse on all the other <laughs> yeah. TVs. Because like the opening scene with the field of stars and all the scenes like on the their Star Destroyer bridge where everything's like black and shiny and there's like this contrast the between contrast, yeah. like the, the outside of the ship that's super bright. It looks incredible. And it just it doesn't look as good on anything that's not the OLED where it's like you mm-hmm. can have that hard line between light and dark. Yeah. Things. It's amazing. And I'm like so mad. I'm like, because there's so many times watching that movie where I'm like, this is so dumb. This makes no sense. I hate it. Well, hot dang, does this look incredible? <laughs> it looks so good. Yeah. I can't, I just can't stop myself. So that, here's what I learned digging deeper into it. Okay. Ryan Johnson needs to make. I want him to collaborate. Like I want him and George Lucas to make another trilogy in the. They Star were supposed Wars. to at one point, right? So this movie, okay, <laughs> this movie was so highly regarded by the executives at Disney, everyone inside the Lucas Hearts uh, group, and everybody that they showed it to from any other place. Everybody who is an executive that they were like, come and watch this movie. Loved it so much that they're like, please make another trilogy for us. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. But here's my demands. And they're like, done anything. We want more of your movies. Uh-huh. And now people are like, well, maybe. 
Like maybe they are still going to do that. Maybe uh-huh. not. But the further I dug, the more it seems George Lucas loves this movie. Mm-hmm. This is the closest to George Lucas's original outline for the three uh, mm-hmm. sequel tr- for the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. And so this is like, and that's why one of the big reasons why Ryan Johnson took that like script that the guy that kind of like wrote the bones of the force awakens mm-hmm. and then handed it to JJ Abrams. Why yeah. he like took that and threw it out. Yeah. Cause he's like one, it doesn't make that much sense. Cause you changed the force awakens so much after the, after writing this. And two, I like George Lucas's base a lot better. Yeah. So I want them. So I want George Lucas to be like, give the nerdy lore dump to Ryan Johnson and then Ryan Johnson make the movies. I think so to your point about the directors swapping back and forth. Do you think if they had done John Favreau for the third movie, it would have evened out? I think he could have landed the ship better than J.J. Abrams. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. Because, I mean, I think honestly, it's not the big it's not the end of the world to go J.J. to Ryan, even though it was shaky. Mm -hmm. I just think you need to bring in that third middle ground party to be like, let me harmonize these elements and let's let's try to get. A, a third ending that can make everyone somewhat happy. Yeah. Well, cause like you feel like JJ Abrams comes across to me anyway. Like I know he's a super nerd and he loves, uh, star Wars, but the way that he made force awakens comes across as, I don't know what the wizards in space or whatever, just, you know, make the, make the ship with the X wings go pew pew and they'll be happy. Whatever. These nerds will suck anything off. They'll slurp it off the pavement, you know? <laughs> Whereas Ryan Johnson's like, we're going to get I just picture like JDM with like <laughs> with the chain that like, uh, Leia was on, you know, but it's like star, like comic con nerds, you know? And it's like, all right, there it is. Lick it up, lick it off the concrete. You like it. <laughs> Whereas like, Kiss my ring. I made a Star Wars. <laughs> it contrasts with Ryan no, Johnson. picture it. They've who, got the metal and leather bikini. Oh, yeah. No, I'm picturing it. <laughs> um, Ryan Johnson seems more like he's like, okay, so in preparation for this, because he wanted a ton of time. Like, they actually offered him the first one. Did you know that? Did you know no, that? No, he wasn't on the... Yeah, they offered the, it to okay. him. And he said no, because it wasn't. he didn't feel he had enough time to get the story good. It's like a uh, so, what's the name with the Hobbit, Peter Jackson with the Hobbit, yeah. where it's like, hey, I'll I'll take over the helm, but give me some time. And they're like, how about zero time? Yeah. How so, about you get on a plane tomorrow? Yeah, <laughs> we they're should be already off. filming right <laughs> yeah. now. But um, so he said yes to this one because he could start working on it and have all the time that they were still making The Force Awakens. Yeah. To work on this one, and like for an example, one of the things is the first thing he started writing was the opening crawl and he didn't finish it until the last day of post-production work. So until the movie's final cut, that was the last thing to be finished was him doing the final edit of the opening crawl. So that you're saying, okay. And that's kind of like, wait, the first thing he wrote up for the story was the opening crawl. Okay. And then it would change as the based on force awakens was being, are you saying so based on he was he wrote the movie. Okay. So he started with that crawl and then wrote the movie oh, from there. Okay, yeah. And as the movie changed, he changed the crawl to match the movie. Interesting. J. James wouldn't have done that. No, he would not have. But like just to 
there's so many there's and I've got some more I've got some specifics to back this up for later that he does seem like he's like, okay, so what I did was I took the summer off and I read a thousand legends books because now that's what they call it, right? It's the legends, the Star Wars legend. There's canon and then your guess is as good as mine. No, I'm not guessing. I know I asked you like I didn't know because I wanted to sound cool, but I know, Cody, I've spent you want to sound cool talking about Star Wars legends. Okay, (laughs) so like how's that concrete taste? (laughs) There's reasons behind like there's all a lot of the dumb stuff has basis in like super deep cut. I've seen him tweet things where people are like, they can that's not even a force ability and then literally he's had tweets of him pulling off the let pulling a book off the shelf and like showing the page where that thing is referenced in the legends so i think the reason i like the this movie a lot is i feel like i have a surface a very very surface level but broad knowledge of the star wars legends universe like i've told you about my aunt and her family Mm. That have like a big room that would normally be like a home theater. And it's just like all the walls covered in Star Wars books. Yeah. And they've read all of them multiple times. And they're super deep into everything to do with Star Wars. Yeah. I don't know how they would feel about this movie. But I feel like this is a movie aimed at them. Because that's the kind of person mm. Ryan Johnson was. Yeah. Was. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Rest. <laughs> right. <laughs> So anyway, I like I like it and I like it. The more I research the movie, the more I like it. The more I watch it, the more I like it. Whereas when we first started even coming up to this, I still think it was a mistake. I still think it's too hard of a tone shift to go from the guy that makes the guy that's basically Steven Spielberg to 2.0. Yeah. To go to the guy who it seems like is going to be George Lucas 2.0. Well, I mean, look, there is so much to get into with what you brought up. But we got to get into it before we can get into it. All right. Do you want to rant? You got notes. I can. I can give it a go. I can give it a go. I've been talking, so I mean, you know, you you do your thing. You know, I'm gonna, all right. I'm gonna time you right now. You tell me when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go. All right. First off, I completely forgot the opening gag where Hux is here and they're chasing. <laughs> Poe gets on. He's like, "All right, I'm holding for Hux." And, you know, just trolls him for like two minutes straight. I forgot about the whole opening and I loved it. It was near and dear to my heart. Okay. James Corden explodes in this movie. He's Porkins 2.0, gets fried, loved it. All right. It happened. I forgot that it happened. <laughs> it's like the Brad Pitt Deadpool 2 thing. You're like, I mean, I'm not mad this is here, but why is this here? <laughs> what, all right. Whatever. We did it. Good job. Um, The little pork, are they called porks? The little penguin guys? They're gem. Ryan Johnson did a few, did, I mean, he did more than a few things right, but like he gave us some great Star Wars creatures. All right. We got porks, we got crystal foxes, we got the big old milky ladies. All right. You know, <laughs> sounds weird if you haven't seen the movie, but uh, see the movie, please. <laughs> see the movie before you take this out of context, please. Oh, please watch the movie. Pause the podcast. <laughs> Make sure you watch the movie. So you know what I mean when I say big old milky ladies. All right. It's fine. Okay. I promise it's fine. It's not a problem. Okay. He blessed us with some good Star Wars creatures. Good for Ryan. RJ, we love you. He brought back the word laser sword. High fives to everyone. Okay. George Lucas tried to erase laser swords from the canon. Ryan Johnson was like, screw you. It's back in the canon now in your face. I love it. Okay. I love his, I love his run and gun attitude. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know what any of this line says. We'll go back to it. Don't you worry about that. Ray, there's a shot where Ray, she's in a shot. She has a normal face. And then they cut away. They cut back. She has lipstick on. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's like when she goes in the water and she goes and touches like the mirror. Anyway, her lipstick changes from one cut to another. Naughty, naughty, Ryan. Okay, get your, you get it together, all right? You get your continuity back. Okay, that's important, all right? It takes us out of the movie. Takes us out of the movie, okay? Uh, Master Codebreaker is a dumb name. We can all agree. I'm fine with the character. I don't like the name. I think the stammer was a mistake. I just think it's distracting and doesn't add anything. And it's Benicio Del Toro. Why are you going to do Del Toro like that? Del Toro is the man. He knows what's up. He's in Sicario. Go watch Sicario. It's very good. Dune's coming up. Watch. Look, if you are excited for Dune, you should watch all of Denis Villeneuve's movies, at least his American ones, his English ones. I haven't seen his French ones. Watch all of his movies. They're all excellent. Okay. Sicario's a great movie. Go watch it. Sicario 2 is fine. It's just fine. Nothing special. Okay. Uh, we are what they grow beyond. What a great line. I forget the context. Oh, Yoda talks about Yoda, you know, Luke's out here crying about the books, the sacred texts. They've been destroyed, right? Um, and Yoda just talks about like, look, these young people, we are what they grow beyond. It's that's the that's the nature of being a master, is that your your student surpasses. You. I love that. Yoda's in this movie. Oh, what a treasure. We love our Yoda. We love him. Um, why what happened to the original Yoda puppet? You know, why can't we get it back? It's not that he looked bad, but it's just like we love. Empire Strikes Back Yoda is the best Yoda. We all agree. He's the zaniest. He's the most fun. That should be the, the, the puppet. Why does Yoda have six different looks? He's in five movies and he has six different looks. Explain it to me. You can't. Can you? No, you cannot. Oh, I love Yoda so much. What actor is this? Well, who? Benicio Del Toro is the answer. All right. Answered it. There we go. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> let me learn you something big. <laughs> He says that, <laughs> and it uh, it's it's a motto to live by. <laughs> Let me learn you something big. It's so good. As much as I was conflicted about that character, about his dumb name and the stammer that didn't work for me, he says, "Let me learn you something big." I like the betrayal. Look, there's a lot that was good about this movie. Okay, the betrayal is great. It's a uh, it's a good movie. Um, here's the thing. I know that the captain has to go down with the ship. I know that's use a droid to pilot the ship. <laughs> he's a droid to pilot the ship you don't have to be the hero i know that you have to be the hero because she saved the day by light speeding through the ship which is a we talk about the high highs of this movie that's one of them that's oh it's so cool it's so great look we got the throne room fight we got the lightsaber the light speed blast amazing so good like ryan johnson's on his game in those scenes i'm into it okay uh there's a little there's some you know it's like Oh, yeah, the ship explodes and something crashes and Rose and Finn are saved because they're safe. Everyone around them is killed, but not everyone else. It's just like, come on, kill them, kill them, murder them, murder Rose, murder Finn. Here's the thing. I'm upset about Rose and Finn. Here's why. One, it never gets paid off. Two, Finn was the hero. Oh, I'm going to have to catch off. <laughs> no, that's the whole, that's the big, I had to say it. That's okay. the whole point. What, what do you have to say? Finn. He had his Han Solo, I'm going to be a hero moment. And then Rose was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you do not get to die a hero. You get to die a cuckolded man. Yep. That was, I hated her for that. I hated that she, she ruined the day for everybody. Yeah. All right. You got some things to say or what? 
I, before I start my rant, I just want you to know, I've already, you, you took my, my exact, why did homeboy stay behind to fly a ship with no fuel for no reason? Why? <laughs> he just stayed to blow up. Why did he stay? Okay. This is funny because it's the exact same yeah. note I had. Love right. it. Also, I'm, well, I'm going to spoil the movie. I'm going to warn people. Cody. I'm getting, I'm hopping on the back of this milky mama or whatever you called it. <laughs> I'm I'm flying off into spoiler town, all right? Let's do it. All right, here we go. All right, I'll say it. Laura Dern slash Admiral Holdo. Vice Admiral. Everybody calls her Admiral. She's Vice Admiral, please. All right? I'm getting some real black suit Spider-Man energy from her. All right? Like the real, like, you don't cry? You don't cry, Poe? Anyway, I didn't like her. I never liked her. I like her, but I don't like her. I hate her character. I like I don't like her. That's my point. You know what I do like? The fact that she said pew 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 every single time she shot a blaster. I liked that part. All right. But this is not it doesn't redeem the rest of her. All right. You know, pose pose a treasure. All right. He's out here. He's out here messing with us with the leader. Of the first order, you know, basically like the most, the third most evil person in the universe or something, whatever, you know, just messing with him, just, just playing him for a fool. Let's talk about the dreadnought. Let's talk about this, Cody. All right. They're like, oh, how are we going to differentiate the two? How are we going to, how are we going to separate these two scenes? They're on two. They're, we've, di- we've done it. We've boned ourselves. We got two Imperial ships. We got to make them look different. I know we'll, la- we'll light one up red like a submarine. It's going to look cool. It looks cool. Here's what Tiffany did. She turned our light red. I couldn't. It made it impossible to decipher objects around me. And I almost tripped. So I'm calling BS on the fact that the red light maintains the tactical whatever vision right that's bs i don't like it but it looked really pretty and i liked that part of it all right why the bombers i get that they were a practical effect and so that's why they dropped and it's all like the whole thing is like it's world war one world war two that's kind of like the, the look they're going for so these would be like the nazis so you got to get the bombing run thing also these fighters they did not protect the bombers they actively killed the bombers in at least one case you know out here porkins 2.0 he dies. Is him that crashes into a bomber? I don't know. They all arm their bombs. Here's what you want, don't want to do. Arm the bombs so that when something hits you, you blow up and then you fly close enough that everybody blows up. That's the opposite of what you want to do with the bombing run. And then they drop them. Where's why? How are they falling? They're in space. All right. How are they got the bomb bay doors open? Everybody's no mask. One guy wearing a mask like he needs it. And then everybody else is not wearing a mask. I don't like it. I hate it. It's inconsistent. But I love it. All right. They're catching it. That thing fell. She did not catch that thing. The rest of it, they lost. They're all dead. And this is purgatory. That's what it is. They all died. That's my theory. Just like spoilers for Lost, just like everybody thinks Lost is. And you're saying to yourself, but Cody, you're talking to yourself. I'm talking to you, talking to yourself. All right. You're saying, but Cody talking to Tyler, talking to Cody. What? <laughs> The, oh, the creators of Lost said that they weren't dead the whole time. And I say, shut up. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Star Wars, all right? All right, so this hoe, he tried to mind trick Ray from across the galaxy like a fool, all right? He's like, he's like, oh, hey, it's Ray. Give me the thing. 
Oh, wait, that's not going to work. It's not going to work, dude. It's never worked. It only works on the weak mind. It's definitely not going to work on the Jedi or the mini Jedi, the larval Jedi, the milky Jedi. All right. Here's here's what's important about the milk. All right. Mark Hamill said blue milk was gross. Green milk was delicious. That's all you need to know about the milk. All right. Also, he did not suck it from the teat, as some people claim. Those people are liars. You don't need them in your life. All right. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about how Kylo Ren. He's out here asking the big questions. How is this possible? What's happening? How are we talking? You're not doing this. I'm not doing this. Who's doing this? Why are we connecting? Ray, I'll kill you. I hate you. You're the worst. He's like, what is going on? He's confused. <laughs> he's asking questions. He's trying to suss out the situation. She's dealing in absolutes. He's wondering what's happening. Thus, raise the Sith. Only a Sith deals in absolute. Unless you're Obi-Wan Kenobi, then you can be a Jedi and deal in absolutes. I don't know. It does seem like he was very, you're either a Sith or a Jedi, which is an absolute. And then he says the Sith only deal in absolute. So it's like, well, uh, you know, so it's like, whatever. Uh, can we talk about how, look at me, look at me. Kylo Ren. He's a big, big boy. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Kylo, he asks some quick questions. Ray, she basically just calls him a stupid face for two hours, and then it's like, I love him or something. I don't know. I don't know. It changes that fight. Best fight ever. So good. Uh, so, what, All right, Tyler, I'm going to have to cut you off mid sentence. Look, I know you were saying something poor. I don't care. These are the rules, these are the laws. And the people, they hired me, my constituents, they hired me to enforce the law. But I'm here to execute, I'm the executor of the law, all right? I am the law in this town. Cody, I got a question for your constituents. <laughs> all right. Where is Hollywood getting all these Apple boxes? All right? Where are they coming from? Steve Jobs. Apple, obviously. That's good, that's good, that's a good guy. That's good right there. Thank you, oh, thank you. Okay. Here's the thing. I have, I have a, like, this is an issue to talk about. This is a big issue. I need your full attention. Also, Benicio Del Toro is DJ, not Master Codebreaker. Master Codebreaker was the guy in the white suit with the red plum bloom. No, I thought the whole thing was... No. no. He was the one they were actually looking for. No. That's what stupid faces. <laughs> no. He's, he's A man can just have a red plum bloom. He could have stolen from the guy that's in prison, you know? No. I mean, one is in the credits as Master Codebreaker, and the other uh, one is in the credits the as credits DJ. Reveal all. all right, well, DJ's here. Uh, Master Codebreaker, still a dumb name. Okay, no, but I, I do want to talk about this. You talked you, okay, you talk about this being the prettiest Star Wars movie. So pretty. I would disagree. <gasps> and here's the thing. Bite your tongue, you fool. This is hard because I, like, I do like Ryan Johnson. He has some very good movies, and not a lot of flops. Like, all his movies, I don't know. He doesn't have he's a weird, lot of movies. Because he is like, he's in the, he's not quite a small budget director, but until this point, he was not a big budget director either. You know, he was in the middle land between doing tiny $10 million project productions and doing giant one. Okay. Anyway, here's the thing. Here's what I want to talk about. Give it to the me. The look of this movie. Yes. Oh. Yes. What's that? Also, I, I, we didn't, I didn't say the movie, this one. For Oscar wins, 25 nominations, or 25 total wins, 105 nominations for... Yeah, four awards. Oscar nods. Four Oscar... Nom. Yeah, nominations, yeah, sorry. Did um, I say wins? I mean, I'm You said win. It got, and it was like, was it like lighting, music, editing, editing? Uh, it's visual effects, music, like I said, a score. 
and then sound, um, sound, sound, mixing, yeah. editing. Okay. I mean, Here's the thing about this one. Yes. Yeah. Here's the thing about this boy. There are some scenes in this movie that look spectacular. Oh, so good. The throne room looks amazing. The Ooh. scene where the this the light, the light speed crash thingy they do, incredible, amazing moment. I need you to come the, over to my house and watch that on the OLED. I will. It's mind blowing. I will. Uh, the scene with everything on the the last planet with the salts and the red and crate. the white, yeah. everything on crate, fantastic, amazing. So, on the other hand, no. Some of the lighting, the lighting of this movie was curious. I think the best lit Star Wars movie is episode five. Like the whole last sequence of episode five, when when Han's getting frozen and like that whole lighting vibe setup is amazing. Yeah. It looks fantastic. This movie, he opted for very brightly lit things, which in a weird way. It looks more brightly lit on your TV than it does on mine. I must just have, because I have the brightness so kicked up because yeah. it's in a sunny room. Okay. So maybe I do need to watch it over here because- I noticed it immediately because uh, when you watch Force Awakens, the last scene, they're on the island mm -hmm. and it's like overcast and gray. And then it's supposed to be the same scene that starts this movie, right? Yes. With their, it starts their story in this movie. It's Ray and it's it's Luke and it's bright as day, full light all on yeah. Ray. And you're like, oh, this no longer looks like a cloudy, ambiguous, whatever scene. It's like, oh, it's a very bright, happy scene. Except it's like, Luke's like, no, I'm not going to show you. Like, well, this doesn't match. Like, it, yeah. why did... Why does it look so different and in such a different way? Tell me. Okay. So they are filmed in the exact same location. Is it time of day? Is it time of year? No. But okay. You, you so still... they filmed it there because that is supposed to be a very gloomy, depressing, like always overcast island. In, because it's in the uh, UK, right? Yeah. Some, or somewhere in the British Isles. The entire or... time they were there, it was sunny and nice and warm. And so like, Ryan Johnson was like, so. what the like he's like are you kidding me so they took like three times as long just to try desperately to anytime a cloud went in front of My the thing, sun but with that budget can't you color correct look we've all seen pirates of the caribbean three yeah we have. <laughs> where you That's just suck point. out all the whatever all the blue light all the gray light everything else is gone right yeah so like I'll why didn't they do that even a little bit but i'll refer you to the dceu that's why they didn't do it even a little bit right. it looks bad um so but there were a lot of scenes like that where I'm like, oh, the lighting choices, like J.J. Abrams has such dramatic lighting. Like when when um, Kylo Ren kills Han Solo, it's like dark room, red light. Yeah. This one, brightly lit room. Oh, there's the red light in his face. Still cool. Yeah. But it doesn't have the dramatic effect in the same way. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. But in that way, I don't think it looks because of some of the lighting choices some of the scenes don't look as sharp as I want them to because it is, it's so like, oh, look, you can see everything. You're like, I want a little bit of darkness because like, like in the throne room scene, the red pops so great. But then by the end of that fight scene, there's like other stuff going on. You're like, well, now things aren't popping the way yeah. they have Which, in so many other lightsaber fights. Well, like I told you when we were rewatching it on your TV, yeah. where it looks like a smoky, well-lit room on your TV, whereas on mine, that's very dark. It looks like half the lights are out and it's mm. like a ruined room interesting so it is one of the where it's like on the one hand it looks incredible if you're watching it on a four thousand dollar oled tv and maybe it did look better but, in the theater because i remember being so impressed by that scene in the theater yeah, but yeah but at the same time you know you would think like if you if you make a movie look really good shouldn't it look good on any tv right 
I mean, maybe not any TV, but you know, I mean, like the fact that because I mean, it would be easy, like if you were like, well, it looks good on, you know, the monitors they use for professional editing. They're like forty thousand dollars. Right. It's easy to say that it's hard to be like, yeah, it looks good on your thirty dollar TV from Walmart and being streamed. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, you're streaming on like medium good Internet on a cheap TV. Like I know, right. It's not going to look. It's a good point. Yeah. Plus, yours isn't a cheap TV. Yours is a very nice TV, so it should look good on it. Yeah. I think mine just benefits from that I have the gigabit internet and the OLED. OLED. I hear you. So that that's my one... My other knock against this movie, visual-wise, I still don't think the the chase scene with the in, through the casino looks good. It's a, uh, I don't think it looks, like, bad. Like, it was... I think it was very well done i just i yeah it I looks agree with you. It slightly look better good. than i remember it looking in the theater then again sometimes they correct things yeah especially when it's cg like cats did it i wouldn't be surprised if they corrected a little bit mm-hmm. um but it's still like like it looks like finn and rose are so obviously like green screened in you're like oh look their faces it looks like there's a light bulb specifically on their face and mm-hmm. they're bouncing around and they just like all right let's just build all this cg stuff around it. and you're like yeah and once again, it's the hard thing with Star Wars. Like Star Wars, at its best when there are cool practical effects happening. And yeah. then JJ did a great job with like the fighters and stuff happening. Which obviously, that's not practical. But once again, in Force Awakens, the stupid rolling tentacle monsters. Yeah, it's like the full sometimes the full CG thing isn't always the right way to go with Star Wars, you know. And like the big milk mamas. <laughs> they're all they look so practical you know and there's so many it's like gosh what what are we doing here those are practical are you gonna go that's what i'm saying like are you gonna go in on the practical are you gonna go on the cg i i that scene needed there need to be more close-ups or it was like this middle shot that just revealed everything the whole time you're like yeah everything is cg except for these two people in this in this sequence and it just it wasn't working for me yeah i mean even that whole side quest wasn't really working for me where you're like, you know what? Let's have Poe and Finn do stuff, okay? And if you're gonna introduce Rose, third movie, you got to pay her off yeah. because she made a strong choice at the end of this movie. You know, she's a liberator. She lost someone close to her. She's choosing to fight for the rebellion. Still, she chooses to save Finn over destroying the battering ram. Tells Finn she loves him. And then she has a line in the next movie, and that's it. She's not in on the adventure Which, or anything, and it just... I don't think that's a knock against this movie. I think that's a knock against J.J. Abrams for not... I think J.J. Abrams is unprofessional, personally, for the way he handled the third movie. Because, yeah. like, so, as an example of, like, how he should have handled the third one is how, like, Mark Hamill handled his part of this one. Right, I, I read this. Where he went to him, and he's like, I disagree with everything. Now, that being said, is my job to realize your vision yeah so we're gonna make this work mm-hmm. so a lot of people thought they had beef and i guess mark hamill has kind of come out and been like no no i was joking because i told like because of that i was always like i don't think this is a good idea but i'm gonna nail this you know yeah and he does and okay here's that's the other thing i want to talk about because i've heard i've read that like a lot of the people when they read the script people the actors in the movie were just like oh i gotta wrap my head what are we doing yeah. hold on but for me, in so many ways, it does make sense. Because like you think about Ray going to Luke Skywalker, that's the dramatic ending to Force Awakens. It's like, oh, this is 
what the next movie is going to start with. Now, what is it going to be? If we followed JJ's logic, it would have been like, no, Luke is the amazing, amazing Jedi master. He's going to train Ray. Okay, but for how long? What's Ray's purpose in all this? And also, why is he all by himself? And the way Ryan Johnson approaches it is like, I came here to be alone. I'm yeah. Yodaing this. I'm in hiding for a reason. And it's like, oh, why is, oh, okay. Ben Solo was there. He was making a Jedi temple. He messed up. Like, you know, and so it's like, they make him look like Obi-Wan. You're like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like now he understands what Obi-Wan was going through, what Yoda were going through and why they struggled to train people. didn't want to train, you know, like mm-hmm. he, it's come full circle for him. And in some ways it redeems Yoda and old Ben Kenobi. You know, you're like, yeah. oh, I get it. I get why they're like this. I get why they're in hiding, why they're not doing anything. And whereas J.J. Abrams is like, no, he's all, he's here hiding by himself, doesn't want to be found. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'll take on a new student and train the next, you know. So just, I like that you have to last for three movies. If it was a one-two punch, maybe. But if you're doing a trilogy, where's the conflict in this movie? And Ryan Johnson really exploits the conflict in this movie, you know? Yeah, and I th- if that comes back to, I feel like Ryan Johnson's approaching this from a, okay, I did my research. I understand the lore that exists in the legend side of things. Now I'm having to pick and choose from that to make the canon lore for this time period. Whereas I feel like JJ Abrams approached it more of like, I'm making, I'm rebooting star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm, this is me making what, how, how would I make star Wars? Right. Whereas Ryan Johnson was like, how would you, okay, let's look at this. What? Cause he said that was like, he's like the first question he asked himself was why is Luke on the island? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, these are his reasons. So like Ryan Johnson built, does the same thing that George Lucas does where he built the lore of the story and then wrote the story around that lore. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think like, I like it more and more, the more I watch it. Cause I pick out more things and see more. There's a stuff. lot of like the original heart of Star Wars in this movie. Yeah. And I love that. Like you have the old craggly Jedi master, right? You have, the Sith Lord, and he kind of turns that on his head too because it's like, oh, hey, no, I'm going to take Ben, I'm going to take Kylo Ren and he's going to throw away the Supreme Leader thing, you know? And mm-hmm. he's he's going to depart from the path of Darth Vader. Um, well, no, except he's fulfilling the path of Darth Vader, exactly. right? Exactly. It's the same, right? There's the same yeah. scene, you know, in um, episode six, it's like, hey, we're sitting here. Are you going to turn to the Dark Side or not? It's the exact same scene. plays out in a different way because, mm-hmm. it's, you know, Darth Vader doesn't just like fade away and be like, I fulfilled the balance of the Force. It's hey, I want you to team up with me. Like, we can do this. And she says no. You know, it's just, it's interesting because instead of Luke, instead of the Jedi being like, no, no, Darth Vader, come with me, it's Rey who's like, no, you come with, like, you know, like, I don't know. Rey's saying, no, I can't follow you on this path. You know, like, it, it takes that same thing that happens in episode six, but flips it on its head in yeah. in a couple ways. And I, I really like that it keeps some of those themes. Yeah. Well, like, so one of the things um, he did a lot where, so there's lots of attempts by Ron Johnson to draw similarities between Anakin as he's transforming into Darth Vader and Kylo Ren in this movie. So like the scar at the end of the last Mm. movie goes like across his nose and he's like, yeah, yes, we moved it. We absolutely moved it because the scab looked dumb over his nose and I wanted to move it to where it would match where Anakin's scar was. Interesting, yeah. And so, like, and even the scene where in, at the very end where they're walking into the base on Crate, 
Mm-hmm. He's like, I purposely did the top down, the Sith in front, and then the stormtroopers behind because that's how they did the yeah. him walking into the Jedi Temple. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I there's a bunch of shots where he framed it, like looked at the third movie and mm-hmm. framed him in the same way that Hayden Christensen was framed in the third movie to be like, this is him. Like he is becoming Vader. So he was like teeing it up. So like the next movie, Kylo Ren, if it had he made the next one, would have been Darth right. Vader. And it's kind of like how I talked yeah. about like Snoke was a waste in Force Awakens because what they do to him this one, I think it was a waste. But if you pay off Kylo Ren becoming the new Supreme Leader, it's yeah. not a waste. But then that isn't what happens. And so it is just like Snoke was a weird, could have been more impactful or could have meant more. It's kind of like. I feel like J.J. Abrams is the guy that, like, say you're in a t- in a group doing, like, the improv. Mm-hmm. And. Everyone's trying to yes and. Yeah. And then, so I'm like, yeah, to do this. And then you say something. It's like, well, that's not what I want you to say. <laughs> so, anyway, this happened next instead. And yeah, it's like, yeah. that's not how you do this, man. Right. And it's so weird to think, too, because it's like, Star Wars 1, 2, and 3, they were three different directors, right? It was Lucas, the other guy, then the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And this is it. All three trilogies break the mold, right? <laughs> because the first trilogy is like, hey, three different directors. The prequels is George Lucas doing his own thing, yeah. and this one is which A B. Eh, let's just go back to A. Screw C. Yeah, which I mean, the prequels aren't good. It's hard but because they they're all tonally the same. They follow the same line of thought. Like, yeah, like there is from the first moment progression the, where it's like, yeah. hey, here's this guy, here's this guy in the next movie. And here's what he does in the last movie. Yeah, it's like there's nah. it's very clear there's a plan from the first one to the end of the last one. It's so one. weird because each like, each trilogy misses the mark in some way or the other, right? Yeah. None of them are perfect. In some ways, the original trilogy is the best. <laughs> in some ways, you know, because at least Luke's line pays off well in that trilogy. Um yeah, they all follow this different model, they all fall short in a different way. And I, I just wish I wish by the third trilogy. The big company with the bottomless pocket could have could have pulled it out the hat and been like, we're going to learn from what we did wrong the last two and we're going to hone the formula. Well, it does kind of seem like they're adjusting in the way where they're like, okay, so instead of this, what we're going to do is be like, you know, like, okay, Ryan Johnson gets his own whatever whether i don't know if he will get it i think he'll still get another movie i don't know if they'll give him a full trilogy it's here's the problem with it here's why it's hard yeah ryan johnson is a good director yes um we we should pull up his filmography here in a second i'll do that you will be shocked at how small it is before this movie well let me try to name you his movies right now then okay well hold on hold on let me finish my thought here's the thing the problem is he goes from this movie and everyone freaks out the critics love it like you said the executives all loved it then the fan base was mixed on it and the audience was mixed on it yeah so then they, they threw everything in limbo they were like well solo can't do the same thing okay well and force awakens just go back to jj i don't know so then they like they do a random audible and it just wasn't the right call in some ways the problem is in the meantime ryan johnson made knives out <laughs> which yeah. critics loved people loved star shredded cast good size budget and now he's getting a sequel with that. So I was like, well, yeah, you let Ryan Johnson loose. And now he's doing other great things. So that's on you guys. Yeah. You know, like if you're going to put your faith in a director, one who has a good. OK, let me name his movies. I might miss one. Brothers Bloom. You already missed. One. OK, Keep forget going. Brothers Bloom. Ugh, I, I'm going to miss one. Brothers Bloom. 
<laughs> Looper, Star Wars, Knives Out. Those are the ones I know. What did I miss? Brick. Oh, Brick's on my watch list. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah. Never seen it. I Is that the only one that I missed? Uh, I mean, that's the only film he made that's what i'm saying like he the way that jj abrams is like a lot of people look at him as steven spielberg too like looking at his stuff i'm like oh my gosh ryan johnson is george lucas too but instead he's got a much smaller filmography yeah but, but instead of george lucas who's not a very good director he's a good storyteller not a good director ryan johnson is a good both yeah it's it's so hard because it is the same, right? Because George Lucas had like his two or three movies for Star Wars. It's the exact same with Ryan Johnson. He's like, oh, I did Brick. I did Brothers Bloom. I did, then I did Looper. Now I did Star Wars. Yeah. Then he did Nice. I don't know. It just, he's been really consistent too. Brothers Bloom has a 55 on Metacritic, but it is a good movie. Like I've seen it and I enjoy it. It suffers a little bit from this one where I think like the last half of book, like the pacing is weird. Some of his movies has have really weird pacing. Even Knives Out has weird pacing too, because you're like, oh, we did the mystery. We didn't. There's like 40 minutes of this movie left. What's happening? You know, yeah. Brothers Bloom is like that. Looper's a little bit like that. This movie, Star Wars is a little bit like that too, because you're like, we did the big throne room fight. Wait, there's 40 minutes of this movie left. Hold on. Yeah. Which you know, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it is. It's his like kind of unique style. Yeah, and I think that comes a lot from the same thing that got. That he's a good director. George Lucas wasn't a good director, but they both suffer from the same. They get real into the lore, mm -hmm. whereas it's like in my mind, they should have the Falcon should have hyperspaced out credits. That should have been the end Wait, of the movie, uh, like when they're escaping crate. Talk about a perfect credits moment is when the high, when the Millennium Falcon just and it's you're just looking at stars. That should have been the credit starting. What what was the last? How does it end instead? Instead, that's like okay. Now we're cut to the interior of the Falcon, where everybody's seeing each other, and Poe and Ray meet for the first. Poe time. and Ray meeting blew my mind. I was like, "We haven't met before. Yeah. <laughs> we're two thirds of the way through the trilogy, and the whole yeah. point of the third movie is we got the gang back together." I was like, "Wait, you weren't even part. You guys weren't even a gang. <laughs> it yeah. was Finn and Poe, and it was Finn and Ray. <laughs> it was never we both." All three I, together. We we should look up on the third one because I wonder if it does the same thing the original trilogy did where it's like, uh, now we're here and it's like, it's been three days. And then you look it up <laughs> and it's like, oh no, it's been four years. They've been planning a heist for three and a half years. What have they been doing? <laughs> yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on. I had a thought today. Okay. I, had an, I had a revelation in church <laughs> related okay. to Star Wars. Yeah. Lay is a hoe. We all know this. And I know that Carrie Fisher's dead. Fun fact, she helps with the story of this movie a little bit. Like she got, she had like a powwow with Ryan Johnson. I didn't know she doctored scripts. Yeah. Like she was, I didn't, I knew she did, she like did stand up for a while too. Aside from just being an actor, actor, she has like a really funny stand up special on HBO. Anyway, yeah. point is, point is, I had this, because I thought back to, remember when Leia's like, when Han's like, you love Luke, right? And he's like, yes, I do. And he's like, all right i won't get in the way she's like it's not like that he's my brother and then they kiss <laughs> what she is saying in that scene is no <laughs> luke's my brother so i guess you can hook up she never says like no i really like you <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> she never she's like no by default 
you're next in the batting order. <laughs> so, There's only I two guys. It. You're like, yeah, no wonder you guys split up when you had issues with your kid because you never, you never appreciate Han for who he is. Yeah, you just let him chase you. You guys have your little back and forth quippy. You're you're snarky with each other. Yeah, they need she to really say I love you though. Yeah, I know. He I know she does, but like she's just like, ah, he's my brother. Kissy, kissy. <laughs> Hold on, no. But then Hold he up. also at the in this one says I love you and she says I know right something like that yeah and the whatever Cody I have fun facts for you do you have more things you want to say I have a few more well number one I wrote down this note which is okay I don't know this oh. so Luke when Luke rolls up on yeah. a crate and you're like oh. you're like this gotta take time to cut his hair <laughs> I had that thought but it is it's a foreshadowing right it's foreshadowing to the fact that he's not actually there yeah. And I found out also they didn't ADR in his steps. They didn't fully in his steps also as like a, oh yeah, no, he doesn't have footprints. Yeah. And you don't hear his steps. And also he's wearing different, he has different hair and stuff. But like, but when he first popped up, I'm like, this dude do a haircut to make a big entrance. Anyway, I, just, I did want to bring that up. Um, one, yeah. another thing of the many things that Ryan Johnson got right. Mm-hmm. Poe yelling at 3PO to shut up so good ah oh, we need more of that i knew you'd we love need it. five more scenes where 3po just gets railed on by someone like this just is... chastised just verbally lashed out at um made me real happy is this your favorite movie with the 3po where she's like wipe that nervous expression like, i oh. love that yeah i know that was great oh it's good uh, look 3po being the butt of a joke not bad pretty good i don't mind it 3PO being here, being the peanut gallery for for everything that's happening, it's too much. It needs to not happen. Yeah. Um, I I may have mentioned it or I didn't mention it. The cracklies on Kylo Ren's lightsaber, like they make the blue lightsaber extra clean and sharp, yeah. and they make the Sith lightsaber extra crackle and just the sound, the audio of like the as it's yeah. like going so good. Good job, Ryan. High five. High five to you, sir. Yeah, I like the design of Kylo Ren's lightsaber a lot because I like it more because like I remember when they first got revealed, they were like, oh, no, he didn't know how to build it right. So that's why it's like oh. jets and stuff. And then as it came like closer and closer, I think it was finally like, no, no, he built it like one because we wanted it to look like a big like the big uh, hand and a half sword thing. Yeah. You know, like he was supposed to look like a bit like a big black knight kind of character. So they put him in like the. The black padded, oh, I hit my mic. The black padded tunic and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like he's supposed to be that kind of character. Also, he built it that way on purpose. It's mm-hmm. not like he me- messed up. He wanted it to look that way. And yeah. I was like, that's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. And then he gets people with the jets and it's like, oh. Yeah. It's, uh, because it's pretty rad. Smart. All right. All the other people, all you got to do is flick your hand down their lightsaber. You're going to cut off some fingers. They're done for. Uh-huh. He's like, I'm going to put a cross guard here. Right. So that nobody's cutting my hand off. Uh huh. And he uses it in this movie. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Force Boy never pays off, which is kind of a bummer. Like, it's a nice teaser. It's a nice, like, so at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. It's back to like the little, like, slave kids. Mm-hmm. that are top to take care of the animals and he like uses the force to pull the lightsaber together and he's got the resistance yeah. ring you're like oh that's so cool like i want to see pull the broom yeah yeah, yeah. sorry and i want to see where it goes it was a great homage to lightsaber kid remember that video back in the early days of youtube where it was like the kid who filmed himself 
oh, playing yeah. lightsabering with a mop, you know, and then everyone yeah. at the school made fun of him for it. Yeah. We all cherished him, though. Oh, yeah. It was a nice homage to that, I thought. Yeah. But it was so cool. I was like, I want him to be in the next movie, or I want... I want to know, like, yes, there are more forces. Are is it time for Jedi Temple? Is Jedi Temple totally done? Like, what's the next? What's Ray gonna do? Yeah, you know, I just wish that that got a bit. It was such a cool. I maybe it was just there to be like, look, there's hope and the resistance, and there's another generation that's ready to take up the fight. Yeah. Well, I know, which so is like, nice too. But from Ryan Johnson's point, like, so it all goes back to him asking, why is Luke Skywalker on that island? Right? Why does he think the Jedi? And so he's like, he that's where he landed. He's like, okay. Luke Skywalker thinks the Jedi need in. Why? Mm-hmm. And so then that's where like the the dialogue comes from when he's talking to Ray and he's like, "Look, this is where they messed up. They were the most powerful they'd ever been, and Darth Sidious wiped them out." Once again, an excellent, excellent Star Wars thing. Yeah, he takes the prequel trilogy that you know is so real with errors, and he brings it. He embraces it into the canon yeah. in a smart way. So he's like, the way that Ryan Johnson saw it, he's like, he thinks they need to end because they've messed up. They only make it worse. And they're just perpetuating, like, it's always a Jedi becoming a Sith that Mm -hmm. takes out the Jedi. That then the Jedi have to rise to put down the Sith, which gives rise to a new Sith from the ranks of the Jedi. Yeah. He's like, so this just needs to end because we're just making it worse. And he's like, the Force will raise up dark and light in different forms to mm-hmm. battle each other, to balance each other out. So that was like his attitude. And then that his mind kind of changes as like, well, maybe they don't need to die. They just need to change, mm-hmm. which is something that's from legends where he's like the, when the more, most of the more popular storylines with Luke were that he was like, well, maybe the Jedi need to change and not be so regimented and be more, like how the old Jedi were, where you kind of embraced both sides and you were there to keep the balance you were balanced. Yeah. Not to be like, not to forbid the dark side, yeah. you know, and oppose the dark side, but yeah, embody to, the force as a whole and yeah. Be and a like force for balance, make sure one doesn't overpower the other. Mm-hmm. And there's like some deleted scenes and stuff where he, uh, tries to show that to try to like, there's a scene where like, a delete scene where ship comes and he's like, Oh yeah, they're raiders. They come and raid every month to Ray. And then she, she goes like to stop him. And he's like, no, don't stop him. It's all part of the balance. Yeah. And so she goes to stop him. And it's just some other settlement coming to trade. And then he's and like, they're, yeah. having, like, they're having like a party, right? Cause yeah. she hears the commotion and she's like, oh, something wrong is happening. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I want, because a Jedi would have been like, Oh yes, no, that's fine. That's balance or whatever. He's like, but you kind of need to be like, no, there need, there's a balance and then there's stopping bad things from happening, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of stuff. Like you need to be more proactive at stopping yeah. evil while maintaining balance. I, another thing I really like about Ryan Johnson, his approach to Star Wars, I think he gives the best description of the force. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like the trilogy is like, look, it's blood and it's midichlorians. And in the middle three, it's like, it's, it's mysterious space magic. I don't know. And in this one, when he's like, what do you feel? What do you see? Like growth decay life death peace violence and in between it all the force right like every, you know like the space in between all these things is what the for you know and yeah. i just think it's the it's the one movie that like sits down and has a meaningful like you yeah. know this is what it is and it's still as mystical as it needs to be 
but it's still as grounded as it needs to be. Yeah. And it still allows for things like the midichlorians to exist because it's still like, it's right. Like, it's this is what it is. The midichlorians are just your link to it and why you can sense it or something, you know. Right. But the best part of that is the reach out. <laughs> yeah. Reach out. I felt oh. something. <laughs> that's the force. <laughs> the way Mark Hamill says, that's the force. Oh, like, man. It gets me every time. I've watched it. Tiffany and I must have rewound that thing like six times. Yeah. Just to rewatch that scene. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. It's so perfect. It is. <gasps> it is. Um, so that's what I'm saying. I think the last hour of this movie is amazing. I, not that there isn't good things before it, but I think the way this builds and goes the throne scene and then like Luke embracing his like full Jedi powers and letting go of his life. Yeah. Amazing. Like it's such a great moment in the theater too. everyone being like people freaked out in my screening mm-hmm. when it showed like, no, he wasn't there. He's he's meditating back on the island, it blew people's minds and they loved it, you know? Yeah. And I loved it. So I, I, so I, many highs, great movie. I just think it suffered in the first part, getting it all set up and where, where it needed to go. Yeah. And like I said, you Finn and Rose, take out Rose, let Finn do something just with Poe, simplify it a little bit for the sake of this trilogy. Not that Star Wars had no, yeah. r- right, like um, Lando Calrissian shows up in the second movie, you know, shows up in episode five, gets paid off a little bit in six, you know, so it's like, I get it. I get you can add characters you go and if that can bring life to the series. I just don't know if Rose was the character to do it. But I feel like if she had paid off in the next one, then nobody would mind her being in this one. Yeah. Been like, I could see that or developing her a little bit more and then paying her off. Yeah. Um, and Finn's not into it. <laughs> she kisses him. He's not into it, obviously. And it's just like, but then we, we, Finn passes up Rose for Ray. And then Ray doesn't pay Finn any mind. Finn hasn't, Ray hasn't paid Finn any mind. Yeah. anyway like since the hour mark of you know it just it just sucks it sucks there couldn't have been more going on there yeah and and i think it jj tried to pay it off because he's like look it's pofin and ray they're here pofin ray kylo it's these are the people we're going to try to poe doesn't get any payoff finn doesn't get any payoff it ends up just being ray and kylo which is honestly set up by this movie right because it force links them together and it's like yeah. hey they're communicating back and forth and I appreciate that he kept that for the next movie. It just mm-hmm. it just really felt like Finn and Poe don't need to be. And like Poe had his arc in this one too, where it's like, yeah. oh hey, he is too rash sometimes. And other times it's the right thing to do because Leia does a good job of condemning it, but then also being like, people need to follow him, let them follow. Him. You know, it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, no, we Poe's gonna learn something out of this. He's gonna grow. <laughs> the next movie, it's like, I don't know, Poe, you go drive him around. Yeah. <laughs> so it does that's it. It does feel like it's almost like um jj abrams was like all right fine you're gonna throw my lightsaber off the cliff i'm gonna throw your story off the cliff it's like but i feel like if this had been more there'd been more continuity through to the next movie this movie wouldn't i feel like a lot of people look back at this one and be like none of this made any difference it's like yeah that's not ryan johnson's fault right i feel like he teed up like he cheated he, up a great third movie. Yeah, he was like, "Here you go. Here's the slowest. It's a softball. Just I'm a gonna, quick little. Toss. I'm gonna just roll a kickball at you, <laughs> yeah. and you try to hit a home run. There's no one in the outfield. All you got to do is kick this ball past second base, and we'll have you know. 
And then JJ we'll Abrams just punted it backwards into <laughs> yeah. the stand, you know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, because it, you're right. I mean, Ray had had some training done, had some understanding happen. She was linked with Kylo. Kylo was set up to be the supreme leader. He was set up to be the next villain. But um, it also even sets up like the possibility that they might even because there's lots of people that are like they're gonna swap i thought they were gonna swap interesting that it was like oh kyle's gonna be good but ray's gonna be bad and it's gonna switch and and considering spoilers for the next movie (gasps) how they how she is a palpatine it would have made perfect sense because it's like oh anakin brought balance to the force he's a descendant of anakin ray is descendant of palpatine so she you know like yeah they could have done that flip you're right they could have got he set it up to go either way have to be the focus of the movie instead he's like no, no, big baddie coming back from yeah from the guy we defeated is coming back. You're like, it's uh, like I know what we'll do. We remade the first one. Then there was <laughs> then then there was a weird thing in the middle. Now we're gonna remake the third movie. Oh, Let's man. just remake episode six again. It's like, well, it's rough. Stop. But I'll give him at least two points for the shrug. That's true. The shrug is the best. So, so you, hit me with some fun facts. Oh. And then I do just want to kind of talk about the critical reception of it before we close. So yeah. fact me. All right. Fact hey, away. Uh, here's a little, here's a tiny fact for you. The, the line where when Luke comes in, first off, when Luke came in the set, you know, that when we were watching it today, she was like, it's Luke. And I was like, you don't know that it could have been Jar Jar. And let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> Boom. How blown would if your Jar Jar had walked in crate and was like, Misa. <laughs> Misa here to save you. Here to save you. Yes. Yeah. He's the dark. He's the Sith Lord. He's like, I'm about to ruin these Sith's day. Mm, yeah. I'm the only Sith. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so when she's talking, when Carrie Fisher's like, I changed my hair. She had lived that. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, was it probably because she forgot her line? Yes. Yeah. But it's fine. It it's was fine. Fun. We like Carrie Fisher. Uh, I put this one in here just for you. All right. As of 2017, this is the only sky- film in the Skywalker saga to not audibly feature the popular phrase. I have a bad feeling about this. You betrayed this series. Now, uh, Ryan Johnson does say it is in there. BB-8 says it. Stop. Ah, uh, you little sneak. You liar. He's a liar. Uh, in some of the other like the in the other languages. When uh, Luke says Han was Han about it, mm. he says Han, he had a bad feeling about this. That's what he says instead of Han was Han about mm. this. You know, like as a oh, Han, so dumb. He's dead now and I'm happy about it. Anyway, so the uh, Ryan John said the best advice he received from the editors of Star Wars Episode 7 was in every sing- in every single scene, Shoot a cutaway of BB-8. You'll never regret it. <laughs> uh, the communication device firing out of BB-8 and then catching it. That was a practical effect. They actually launched a little thing and so cool. he caught it. So cool. That. So I was like, oh. Um, Evil BB-8 in this movie. Loved it. It also <laughs> so doesn't really pay off. No, but did but it it's so to? cool. I love I love that it's just like Darth Vader BB-8. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's Imperial BB-8. And he looks so menacing, but he's literally just a ball, a little like imperial <laughs> helmet thing on top. <laughs> so adorable. Once so again, menacing. Ryan Johnson has made like he created some great creatures and characters for this movie. Right. So here's where here's a fun fact I'm going to hit you with. Yeah, it's going to undo everything I've said to save Ryan Johnson from all the blame of why this movie does not pay off well. Got it. Ryan Johnson was offered episode nine and said no. 
Why? Well, could it have something to do with the terrible fan reception? No, no. He was offered it before the movie came out because they loved it so much. They yeah. were like, we want you to make nine. You knocked it out of the park with this one. Right. So he said no, because it was such a tight production schedule. He didn't think he could nail the story in time. He's, he wanted more time. They him. wouldn't give it to him. Good for him. So that's when they said, OK, you won't do episode nine. Please do a trilogy for us. And he was like, will you give me the time this much time to do it? And they yeah. said yes. And that's when he's like, OK. And now everybody's like, is that happening or not? Knives Out 2 is already on the books, so I doubt it. Uh, yeah. If and it the, is, it's the, not Knives Out 2 is on the books. They're giving Taika Waititi a Star Wars movie. Like, I think, I think that deal's well, not happening. Here's the thing, too. And more than that, Ryan Johnson looked Disney in the eye with being offered a Star Wars trilogy and says, I want this much time because I need to, it's going to be my side gig while I work on these other projects. And they said, fine. That's how much they loved him. You think about like how far, you know, like Brick was 05. I think Brothers Bloom was like 08. Looper was like 2012. Star Wars was like 2016 or 17. 17 was released. He does space his movies out. Like he's not a guy who's cranking out a movie every 18 months or two years. Yeah, that the more I dug into it, the more it's like on all his movies. If he he turns down a lot of movies because they're like, it needs to be done in a year and a half. And he's like, that's not enough time. Like I need a year to write it i need a year to shoot it i need a year to post production yeah like i it takes years to make a movie for him because he's like it's bad i can't nail it i don't want to do it and i think this is just such a weird like i think the movie would be better if it was like he did the whole trilogy but they just wouldn't give him the time to do it yeah um because it all would have flowed together in one story of course Mm -hmm. it could have been like way too nuts by the end Mm-hmm. you know it could have gotten out of hand but he's setting it the, here's the other thing about this movie though the themes are great because not only you know luke is like we gotta let the jedi order die and fall mm-hmm. and kylo's like hey let's let the empire fall and we'll you know it's just like they're all talking about the same themes but in different aspects you know and i love i i think thematically it's a really strong star wars movie. maybe we're on the best yeah. because otherwise so much of it is just like good versus evil is a lot of the Star Wars thing, but yeah. this it brings in other elements where it's like, no, it's about things rising and falling. And do you yeah. let it go or do you try to keep it going? You know? Yeah, which that was the tag, the like official tagline of the movie was let the past die. Because mm. Luke was saying, let it die, just let it disappear. And Kylo's attitude was, if you have to kill it, kill it. You know, like if you have to end the past, then end it. Yeah. So that was kind of the attitude. Here's a, here's the next fun fact for you Ryan Johnson smashed Kylo Ren's helmet himself. Really? Stomped on it to smash it up. Man. Snoke's throne room was Ryan Johnson's favorite set. It is completely practical with the exception of Snoke. Wow. On that same note, that crash that uh, Rose and Finn did, mm-hmm. that's practical effect. That's wow. a gigantic ship on a huge rail that they slammed in there. And they rode in, they rode in it. Wow. <laughs> so that like. Yeah, that's one shot when they're coming in and all this gravel's getting kicked up and then they put their hands up. That's all the one. That's awesome. Shot that they did. Um, so Rose and DJ, here's the purpose of them. All mm-hmm. right. Ryan Johnson's purpose. They were written to serve as the angel and devil on Finn's shoulder characters. So it was supposed to be Rose's oh, like. So this. Finn is like, let's take the cash out. Let's, you know, like, yeah. where's the money? And. Rose is supposed to be like, here's the ideals and here's the values. Yeah. And DJ's like, you know, he's got his like, 
you know, let me learn you something big. <laughs> you know, live free, don't join. That's what people think DJ stands for, don't join. Oh. You know, so he's kind of like, he was supposed to be. There's always going to be someone there. You just don't join anybody. Yeah. Take your payout, you know, yeah. all the money. And he's supposed to be kind of like Lando mm. without the redeeming qualities, without the being yeah. redeemed and helping them just with the like, I'll help you. How did you feel about the stammer? It was, it bothered me the first time I saw it. And then after that, I felt like it was, I was like, okay, the stammers are very well placed because he doesn't They're strategically paid placed for sure. But even like when he's like knocking along the thing and he's like, he does, even his knock has like the stammer. It's like, I know it's thought out. It just doesn't work for me. Like I can't, I'll tell you what blows my mind more than that. Benicio del Toro with a very American accent, I feel like, which was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I never noticed that he, cause he kind of switches, which makes sense in a past future space world. Right. Why would he stick to any regular accent? Mm-hmm. But I did like that. Like that made me be like, Oh my gosh, I do like those a lot. I do like that a lot. Mm-hmm. That they're, that's the whole reason they're there. She's supposed to be like 100% good. Always do what's good. Always do what's right. And he's yeah. like selfish and just do whatever's best for you. Like for mm-hmm. me, you guys help. You guys were there. You offered to pay me. These guys offered to pay me more. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. So yeah. she's not necessarily like she's doing what she thinks is right. He's doing what he thinks is right. She's selfless. He's selfish. So it's like the yeah. D spectrum thing where it's like there's not a good and evil. There's the was it where it's like evil and good. There's lawful and there's chaos or what is it? There's yeah, there's law and chaos. But I'm thinking like so in a law, lot of D and D chaos, stuff, good, evil, or like high fantasy stuff where it's uh-huh. like evil and good are more like selfless and selfish interesting you're not necessarily evil you're just very selfish mm-hmm. um also here's another here's the final mind-blowing fact i got for you cody this movie made 45 million dollars in previews what is that wait hold on what oh like a ton of people saw it before what i think so interesting just like previewing the movie to people and like offering to wow. show it to premiere like okay. red carpet things and stuff like that yeah 45 45 million dollars it made 10 times that in the three days the first three days it was out really what was it where did you have the stats on that on the yeah let me switch back over to them i'm gonna go off of imdb since i've been doing those for that for the last few yeah just so everybody knows so the budget oh. you want to hazard a guess it's gotta I'll be like mind you. 200 and they had to helicopter lift the big milky mamas that you that you like so much onto a cliff side. All right. <laughs> they that yeah. big ship is a big giant ship they had to build in so the Avengers post Avengers era. I mean, are we talking like 225 million? About almost 100 million more than that. 300 317 million dollars. How are you going to give someone that much? That's a lot of pressure. 317 million dollars. Do you want to guess how much it made in its opening weekend in the US and Canada? Opening weekend? Yep. It's got to have made like 200 million. Yeah, about 220. Wow. How much do you think gross worldwide it has made? The opening weekend that big, was it somewhere around 1.2 billion? 1.3 billion dollars. Wow. Okay. So that leads, do you have any? uh, I have a couple more notes. They're not fun facts. There's, there's a, I expected a lot more like controversy or something, but it was mostly like just. I will tell you, most of the facts are 
how this was practical. That was practical. That you probably thought it was CG 100% practical. This was practical. That was practical. Uh, there were things like he, they considered an Obi-Wan or uh, Ewan McGregor was like, I want to be in it. Mm. And he's like, well, if you were Alec Guinness, absolutely 100% you'd be in it. But we can't get you looking quite right with age makeup. And I am not about to do the CG face thing. Mm. So but why couldn't you just thrown him in like you do, like Lucas did with, with Hayden Christensen? Why couldn't you just have like, he that? thought that was dumb. He didn't want to do that. Yeah. He's like, that doesn't make sense. Why would you be that? He's already been the other guy. Yeah. So that was like his whole, just literally Ian McGregor with white hair. That's all you had to do. Yeah. So which they thought they, I think they even brought him in and like tried to age him up and he's like, it doesn't look right. I yeah. don't like it. But they toyed with the idea with doing him. So with Obi-Wan Kenobi um, and Darth Vader and uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. But he's like, really? none of them, I can't find a really a place to put any of these guys. That makes sense. They won't look right. Yeah. But the only one is he's like, if I could get Alec Guinness, I would have put him in. Right. Alongside Yoda. That's it. But mm-hmm. other than that, he couldn't find any other place. Um. Mark Hamill talked him into letting him play a CG character. I did. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. The little, the little guy that's little coin guy. coins into TV. I was, was so that excited. is funny. Oh, I just like that he asked. He's like, I want to play a CG character. Um, I love Yoda when he's like doing his little stomp laugh thing. Mm-hmm. Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is the master of the neg. He's like, you're nothing. You're worthless. But not to no, me. No, what about him? What? A, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, how wow. about him dissing their parents? But like, they were nothing. <laughs> like, I mean, they were people. <laughs> like, they were nothing. They were filthy drunk, <laughs> filthy junk traders. Yeah. And it's like, oh gosh. They paid you off to sell a gambling debt. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I have a fun fact. Yeah. So, you know how they have to climb up that giant hill? Yeah. Did you see this one? Yeah. Mark Hamill. <laughs> Mark Hamill did not want to make that climb again he was like look i'll just stay in character overnight i'll tent camp up there and then we'll shoot the rest of the scenes tomorrow and you're like look we could do that this is a protected environment there's no camping allowed yeah like you can't <laughs> so pitch they, a tent so like, they wouldn't allow it to i was like oh my gosh that's too funny but oh i forgot to put it in my fun facts also anakin says laser sword that was another thing he did to link him to anakin to link Luke to Anakin. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The only other canon person in the current canon line to say laser sword is little Anakin. Right. In the first movie. The f- episode one. Right. Um, the Porgs. Did you see the reason for the Porgs? No. So the island they toys. were filming on. No. Actually, not for toys. That would be George Lucas's reason. Yeah. Puffins. They were puffins, sir? There were puffins that are native to the island they were filming on. And they couldn't get them and They couldn't move them because they're protected, protected species. So they porged over all the... Yeah, because they're like, we. it's too much work to go CG all these guys out. Wow. So we're just going to CG, CG over, over them. Yeah. So uh, the porg uh, what about Chewbacca? The porg looking at Chewbacca eating the roasted porg. Well, Loved I think it. there were a lot of things where it... There were some scenes with them where it just led to... They were filming the thing... And their puffins were everywhere. What so about like, the Borg in the spaceship when he's like, Rah! I think there were puffins <laughs> on the set. So I just, I'm just saying it. I loved them. Yeah. So they did a great job. Yeah. So I think that was like, they did it and then they realized, like, oh, this is really good. Um, Cause there's lots of stuff. That's the other thing. Like, Ryan Johnson would like go into, they'd be like halfway through the movie being like, okay, this is this person's like catchphrase or this is happening, you know, or that is something or other. 
and then somebody messes up something or he like sees something that he's like that's awesome and then he'll just go back and change it mm. and i'm like that's that's why he does good movies yeah because <laughs> it's like you know you shortened this line and I like that a lot better. So yeah. we're going to go refilm all those lines that you said the other one and redo right. it because this is way better. I think Looper is so good. Like Brothers Bloom is a good movie. Knives Out, well, Knives Out is fantastic too, but Looper's so good. That's what we did before this. Remember when we watched Looper? Yeah. And then me and the actor was like, you know what else is a really good sci-fi movie? And then I made you one. <laughs> we started Looper at like what? Like 10 or 11 p.m. And yeah. then I still made you watch a second movie after that. That was back when we used to do this till like four o'clock yeah. in the morning. Uh, Okay. So, oh, that's the other thing that's weird about this movie. Yeah. I want Ray to be with Luke for like months doing training. Yeah. And instead, this movie takes place for like three days. Does it? And essentially, well, essentially, this movie is one long chase scene, a long, slow chase scene. Because it starts off, they bomb the ship, right? They bomb the destroyer, despite Leia's wishes not to. And then it's just the Starfleet slowly chasing after. their ship which is like okay we can stay out of range of their cannons and i did like some of that because it goes like you said it goes back to the submarine thing you know Mm -hmm. which kind of like look we can stay out of range of them but they're like literally like they say at one point like we've got 18 hours of fuel left at this pace the movie is about three days long that's it yeah that's all you get yeah so that that's the other weird thing about it is you're like i mean right you can argue ray's been gone longer than that because she leaves to go find luke you know before this movie happens where it's like, hey, they flushed out, they flushed out the rebels, and you know, but that's, it really is a three day movie, yeah. which is weird. So it's kind of weird to be like, every time you go back to the resistance, you're like slugging away, yeah. <laughs> like you know. Well, here's the thing. How do you, okay? How do you feel about Holdo's plan? I feel like it's like that- hold on, hold on, because it's like when you're an adult and there's a there's a small child that you've got to rein in. It's like, look, this small child can has more batteries than me in the short term. <laughs> yeah. I can't chase after this child for that long, but eventually I will catch up to it. And that's what this movie is. The Empire being like, you know what? Eventually I'm going to get you. Okay. You have a lot of energy. You're going to run out and I'm here yeah. keeping pace and I'll catch up to you. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You were asking me about, about the Holdo's plan and the, like her ultimate oh. goal. The fact that she keeps everyone in the dark ruins the whole plan. Exactly. That's the thing. Everybody's like, but she had a plan. If everyone was dumb. If the thing is, if everyone did fall in line, it goes back. We were talking about this before the podcast. Old companies, top-down communication. Look, the CEO says this to the VP, and the VP says this to the director, and the director says this to the manager, and the manager tells it to you. And that's how everything goes. Everything goes from the top down. Yeah. And that's the model she's following. And in the military, that works. It, It keeps things consistent. Right. Where it's like, hey, you follow exactly your order. So I know exactly what you're working on so that you do that until I change your orders. Yeah. And if they were operating on that principle, their plan would have worked. The problem is she does have bright young people like Poe. And inst- he didn't tell her what was going on because she made it clear she didn't care what he said was what he, you know, yeah. what he did and where he said what his opinion was, you know. And so by her not being collaborative or progressive about her approach at all. Look, Disney does it. This <laughs> I'm reading a book. I'm in a nature class. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. forgive me. But you know, it's like you have to hear these people's opinions so you can make the best decision. Pop. Poe has information you don't have because he's a flyboy, because he's there in the battles, because he's an ace pilot. 
Yeah. And you, you can't just be like, you're a flat, but you want to go pew pew. <laughs> you know, and like he does. Yes. But he came up with a great plan that could have worked and you never knew about it because you shut him down. Yeah. So in that way, she is a bad leader. But to inner defense, if they followed the traditional military structure, never did what they were supposed to, it would have worked just fine. But also going by that military structure thing, the idea of like a carrier captain mm-hmm. or like a fleet admiral that has one carrier and like two support ships. Right. Because that's like the whole thing is it's like try to put it into real ships because it's like. This is the only time they ever really reference fuel, I think, in any Star Wars. Right, yeah. Other than, I think, maybe in the first episode, where they're like, we're leaking fuel, like, from our... Right. But it's more like our hyperdrive got a hole in it. Yeah. Kind of problem, you know? So, they're... Uh, the idea of somebody in charge of a boat and two tiny boats, not telling, like, the CAG, who's, like, over all the fighters. Mm-hmm. Be like, okay, we just got to get to this island. And if the keg's like, what's the deal? Like, we're going to get killed. And you yeah. say, shut up, flyboy. I don't need to tell you. That is yeah. mind blowing. Yeah. Like the fact that you would tell a, a brass level officer, yeah. get out of the bridge. Yeah. The fact that he's yeah. saying, what is the plan? You have no plan. Like, what is going on? You know, it's just like the fact that she doesn't share anything. Because if she had told everyone like, hey, look, I may not be able to save everybody but we can save a lot of people this way you guys are going to take the escape pods you should be out of there you know and honestly they both play off each other right because if poe hadn't told finn and what's her name to go onto the ship that's the reason why the empire is able to decloak you know those ships going by because they take her codes so it's like oh they both play off each other's weaknesses to make a disaster yeah communication is key in any relationship which here's another thing all right so here's how they solve the problem Holdo, after allowing 10 of the 12 ships to get destroyed, mm-hmm. standing there slack-jawed, mouth agape, decides to hyperdrive fire her ship into the other ships. I'm mm-hmm. saying, you had three ships, enough fuel to make all of them jump one more time. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you be like, this one's about to kick it? All right. Flip it around, point it at the big ship, jump to hyperspace. Yeah, yeah. You know, because then maybe that pilot or the captain staying behind on that ship makes sense. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, no, you just gave up two gigantic torpedoes. All right. Now, granted, that shot, especially on an OLED TV, is so mind-blowingly, amazingly good-looking. Yeah. It's like, because oh, it's all black and white and like, so, uh, oh, anyway. It's not what we're talking about. But let me circle it all back around. I think the fact that we're talking about this in the way that we're talking about it <laughs> is like Ryan Johnson freaking nailed that storyline. As much yeah. as it seems like this is dumb and I hate it. It's like, but we're sitting there talking it about It comes like, back to themes. <laughs> he, of every Star Wars movie, I think this one has the strongest themes. You're like, these people have their ideas and their principles and look at the way they're interacting. And we can dissect it as like a good story. Yeah. And each storyline, like at first, it's when I first saw it, it seems like, okay, these are these two. Who cares about these two? Get back to the Jedi. But it's like, well, the Jedi had the Ray who's like the we have to act. We have to do things now. Mm-hmm. And the Luke that's like, well, acting rashly has caused problems in the past mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. When I tried to murder my nephew. Yeah. All right. And then so then Leia. Oh, and, and I love how they show. They show his perspective and they show Kylo's perspective. And it's like, that was brilliant. And then because it shows the balance of the force, right? We're like, 
you tried to do a good thing, then you did the wrong thing, then you tried to make it right, but it, then it was wrong. You know, yeah. and like from each, they're so cool. Yeah, where it shows him like, he's like, yeah, I just went to be like, hey, what's the deal? And then he turned on me and then him be like, he tried to murder me. And then Luke's like, all right, I'll tell you, this is the truth. This is mm-hmm. what happened. I was going to kill him. Then I said, no, not going to kill him. But it already looked like I was going to kill him. <laughs> so yeah. it was a little too late. So it was like him trying to be like, the way we've done it is you need to act quickly. But not it's like like his whole attitude is you can't be passive like the Jedi, but you can't be rash like the Sith. You have to be in balance. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, you know, and then the Admiral Holdo and Leia were trying to teach Poe a similar but slightly different lesson. And then you've got Finn with the, you know, now that I read the, you know, the intention of the angel and demon character and his struggle of like, okay, what well, what's which is the right way to go here. Right. So it was, they took each of the three core characters. So they didn't really add Rose as a core character. They separated the three main ones mm-hmm. and they each had their own adventure. And it, after I read that, rewatched the movie, I was like, oh my gosh, this movie is incredible. Whereas the first time I watched it, I was like, ah, eh, I could take it or leave it, you know? Yeah. But now every time I rewatch it, I'm like, this is better and better. Yeah. Plus a Porg gives a roar. Yeah. It's so good. So this all brings me to the final thing I want to talk about, which is just the, the reception of this movie. Yes, give it to me. Um, so the Rotten Tomatoes. Do you are you familiar with the Rotten Tomato score on this? It blows my mind every time I look at it. It's seven fifty seventy seven. Okay, tomato meter. I'm not sure. I think critic score is out of a hundred eighty two ninety one. Ooh, one of the highest of a Star Wars movie. Nice. Audience score, out of 100. 65. 42. One of the worst. Here's the thing. Two thoughts on that. (laughs) Two thoughts on that. Number one, um, I recall there being an issue or a concern about bots. The review bombing it? Review bombing it, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder how much that's still into effect. Because if you look at this... This is as good as any of the other movies. Um, And I just like, okay, let me see if I can pull up some other Star Wars movies here. Um, Just to get a thing. So what what are your thoughts on that? This says the force. I think. Okay, sorry. Didn't this one, wasn't it this one that led to, um, was it Metacritic or something where they were like, maybe they started doing it with video games but I think they also do it with movies where they're like, it has, to, you have, there's a time for like a time limit where something has to be out for so long before the user reviews can be submitted. Yeah. Like critics can submit their stuff early because they could see it early, but users have to wait a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And that's to try to mitigate those like review bombs and the bots bombing it. And those. Yeah. I just, it's, this movie made less than The Force Awakens. The figure I saw was that Force Awakens was two, two billion. Yeah. And so I wonder if like the decrease in revenue was part of the reason. If it was decrease in revenue and the poor audience, it just audience reception. But it just bums me out when like, oh hey, the critics love this, and the audience still went and saw it. They didn't see it as because I think the Force Awakens is like an has like a eighty five audience score, and it's like it <laughs> Force Awakens is not two times a better movie than the Last Jedi. No. Last Jedi is more specific and like less broadly appealing. Once again, like you said, Last Jedi or The Force Awakens, people have problems with because it was just a carbon copy of what had existed before in so many ways. You know, whereas this one, 
it's so unique in so many ways, which is like, yeah. great. I, I'd rather take the breath of fresh air than be like, look, let's just rehash and reboot, you know? Because yeah. I think that's where, I think long-term that's where the money is. Yeah. And I think part of the problem with this one, right, is it is very much a movie for the super fans of Star Wars, where it digs deep into things that like, you know, you had to read a book series 20 years ago to get where this where the basis of this thing is coming from or you didn't because I didn't, but I know about them, right. you know, or you like it's better the deeper your knowledge of the Star Wars legends lore is. Mm-hmm. Um, But it probably is something that the people who are super into those storylines probably didn't like because they're like, they don't want you to have to do something or nod to it. They want you to do it because they're, you know, weird about it. Right. Because they're super fans of a thing. But the vast majority of Star Wars fans, they've only seen the movies. They're not even going to watch like the Star Wars stories movies because they they just want the numbered Star Wars episode one through nine. Mm -hmm. That's like, I'm sure the overwhelming majority. And when you make so I mean, it'd be kind of like if you made. I don't know, I'm trying to think of another super popular franchise like a Lord of the Rings movie. Like if there was a Lord of the Rings TV show, like there's one coming out now. Yeah. And you did it all super, you know, okay, we're going to just copy the style of Lord of the Rings. And then one director comes in and makes like a super deep cut Cimmerillion based thing. And it's like, that's going to be real popular with the people that read the Cimmerillion. But someone who wants just a basic story arc and like, (laughs) I want to. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, that stuff's all someone who sees, you know, someone who sees the five big movies that came out that year and. Yeah. Nothing else that can be lost on them. But I've also like I have encountered very few people that super didn't like it. I've encountered a lot of people who came out of it like eh, that was fine and then have kind of bought into the hate hype for that's, it. That's the thing. But the Rotten Tomatoes is like it's a plus or a minus. Do you yeah. like it or you don't? And that's saying only 40 percent of the audience liked this movie, like yeah. even not even loved it, like gave it a positive view. So you're saying 60 percent of people that saw this movie that we just raved about said it was a negative experience. It was a bad movie. Yeah, that's but, that's a little bit extreme. I also have you ever like I mean, I've never seen another movie with that split. Yeah. The split is always like, oh, the audience, you know, the tomato meters in the 90s, uh, but it's a very indie whatever film. The audience scores like a 70 or an 80. Yeah. It's never that. That's it, like a crazy split that you never see. Yeah. And I'm sure, like you said, I, I know this one did suffer a lot. I mean, it's kind of like the only other thing I can think of is the, is it the last of us part two or something that is like the only other thing that I've seen to this mm-hmm. level that suffered from review bombing as badly. Yeah. And led to like them just sh- like most sites just shutting reviews down to that for for it entirely for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, and that's another thing. Like, I think because uh, for that one, right? That's an incredible game. Personally, I don't like the Last of Us games, but that's because I don't like the gameplay of them. Mm-hmm. I think the stories are fine. I think they're the from what I've heard, they're amazing. So, but that one got to where it was like a two percent on Metacritic or something like that. And so people are like, now, hold on now. This game that's one of the most incredibly masterpiece level things of all time shouldn't be that. And this is kind of a similar thing, right? Yeah. I also have a hard time. Like whenever I've talked to somebody that's like, I hated that movie. They never really have super specifics other than they just like what J.J. Abrams did better. Right. And they're like, this doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie. 
And I was saying, like, this is a Star Wars movie. The other ones are sci-fi movies. J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams made two sci-fi movies. Right. And in between them is a Star Wars movie. Yeah, there's so, so much of, like, heart of Star Wars in this movie. Yeah. Star oh, Wars is a dumb, nerdy, makes no sense, it's too complicated storyline. Mm-hmm. Like those, like the story of all nine movies is dumb mm-hmm. and doesn't make sense at a lot of points and is a lot of contradicting and backtracking and everything. Yeah. So people are like, it gives up the sanctity of Star Wars. I'm like, no, I think this Star Wars digs a- into the what yeah. Star Wars is. No, that's a great point. I mean, and we're like you said, this is the ninth ninth or tenth movie that they've dropped yeah and yeah the sanctity's gone because because we've gone through the prequels and that was a hot mess we've reworked the original trilogy that the warbring original trilogy we've pasted cg over it and we've changed things about it uh, because that's what happened and jj abrams came in and said you know what let me just re i like these ideas let me just redo them and do them cooler and prettier you know, and like all that's happened. And then we get to this, which is probably the most original Star Wars movie since the original Star Wars movie. Mm. And then people are going to be mad. But you're like, I don't get it. I don't get the standard of Star Wars is all messed up yeah. <laughs> because, of what, because of what it's gone through. It's very much on par. Like the storyline and like how it, the story goes is very similar to like the books I've read since Disney bought Star Wars. Mm-hmm. where there's a lot of references to things that are no longer canon in an attempt because that writer wants to bring that into canon and that's what he's doing it's, it's the difference is those are books they're bought and read by people that are into that yeah and this is a movie so it got seen by a lot of people who they don't want that yeah here's the last thing i'll say about critical reception of it give it to me and this is a spoiler for the next movie oh. which we have already reviewed <laughs> Yes, but we're gonna do it we talked about the yeah we are of course we are um we talked about the tomato meter audience score yeah what would you guess the tomato meter is for rise of the skywalker so the critic score the critic score out of 100 yeah 82 audience score let me just get you a guess on that um audience score is 71 okay tomato meter is 51 percent barely positive and it's it counts anything below like 70 or 60 counts as like a splat like a rotten tomato yeah so it's rotten on the tomato meter nice 86 on audience score okay so you you go from like a 90 90 in force awakens down to like a 91 42 on last jedi and then you bounce down again on the tomato meter down to a 51 like that plummets then your audience score splits the difference (laughs) you know goes to an 80 something you're like it's wild it's it is wild the star wars movies are kind of their own thing where i feel like most movies i'm i usually ignore the critic score right because the critic score for a lot of movies we watch but the critic score for new hope empire strikes back force awakens and this movie were all very positive yeah and the last jedi so like for most movies we go see you go look at the critic score, right? And I'm like, whatever, who cares? You know, like for us Transformers, I'm like, critics aren't going to like it because it's not a good movie. Right. But, but it's fun to watch and how many, it's good for what it is. How many Transformers 5 reviews are from sites that have existed for 30 years that only review Star Wars or review Transformers stuff mm-hmm. versus how many of those Star Wars critics 
reviewing it as critics on that critic score mm-hmm. are like people who have dedicated their life to reviewing Star Wars. And they gave The Last Jedi over 90% right. approval rating, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, Last Jedi for president, am I right? You know? Like, yeah, that's let's you're make right. It happen. You're right. Yeah, I just I would feel bad if I was J.J. Abrams, where it's like, look, I made the audience happy twice. I made the critics happy once. Got up to get a 50%. <laughs> that's yeah. a director that big. If you're getting a 50% tomato meter, you should feel bad. Yeah. If the we- critics are giving you a, a F, you know, <laughs> they're giving you a 50% credit on your assignment, like that sucks. And I'll, I'll talk about it a lot more when we get to the next one. I talked about it when we did the original review for it. Yeah. But he, I think he, in his own way, tried to do, he tried to be like, okay, well, the critics and the studio loved this nerdy, more nerdy, more, you know, looking at the legends and pulling things in approach so i'm gonna do it and then he, but he's not the guy you know yeah, he's not he's ryan not, johnson he's not yeah. at the level right yeah so he did pull in things that like you know the very the very end of the next movie mm-hmm. is w- so hardcore star wars expanded universe like mm-hmm. that is something that's 100 cemented in there right but you but nestled it, have- it in a jj abrams movie yeah so and that's like, what I wonder is, does it oh. fail because it lacks the theme, the strong themes that Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson's like, let me pull in legends. Let me pull in good screenwriting. Let me make good themes. I'm going to marry these two. And is it the problem that JJ Adams is just like, Hey, here's a weird, here's a weird deep cut too. Yeah. <laughs> and I made explosions. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder, I think, I, I don't know if I would give Ryan Johnson a movie trilogy because I don't think the fans that are going to flock to his thing aren't necessarily the people that are going to make you back your billion dollar investment. Give, on him that. A, give him in ten episode miniseries. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Give him, give may give him. You an can still series. you can still invest two million dollars an episode, and give him you know like hey here's twenty million dollars. You get ten episodes. Here's some good cast. Yeah. Take, you know, take the time you need. Like oh, I we'll guess. throw it up on Disney Plus in between. You know, yeah. the Obi-Wan thing and the Book of Boba Fett. There you go. Yeah. Which I said an anthology series, but I'd figure more like give him 10 episodes to do a story arc. And then if it does well, okay. In two years, we would like another 10 episodes. Yeah. You know, because he'll yeah. want the tons of time to do it. Um, <sighs> I have one more thing that I want to. Hit me. One more thing. This is my pitch to you. Pitch me. Everybody loves Phasma. And I'm of the opinion Phasma did roughly a billion times more the cool things to earn her coolness than boba fett ever did in <laughs> yeah. boba fett's the worst he's yeah. not cool at all in the original movies everybody just thought he was cool because you couldn't get the toy at walmart yeah all right that's the only reason how do i know this because every single guy i've ever talked to that was alive and is a fan of star wars at the time said yeah nobody cared about boba fett in the movie you're like his armor looks cool but my buddy has this cool toy that shoots the rocket and I can't get it. So it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Anyway. So th- here's what I want for the next season. Everybody's like, what's going to happen in the next season of the Mandalorian? Let me pitch this to you. It's him. It's cut forward, right? He's going, he's got a, he attracts a young girl sidekick. They're doing, they're kicking about, they're doing stuff. At the end, like third episode. Uh Oh, this young girl, she's been Phasma the whole time. She takes the spear from him because mm. that spear she's got, that spear that Mando has. Yeah. 
So spoilers for the Mandalorian. He's got a Beskar, Beskar spear that she's fighting Poe or not Poe, yeah. Finn with. Yeah. Her armor is obviously Beskar because it. What a waste her. of Beskar too. To have her die in this movie. I was like. Did she die though? She's encased in Beskar. Yeah, whatever. Her face broke and the ship exploded. There's a lot of talk apparently about what her face should look like. And it was Daisy Ridley that's like, what if it's just a normal face? Like everybody's going to expect it to be all scarred and all that. Just make it. Right. Gwendolyn Christie's mm-hmm. face. Which one is Gwendolyn Christie? She the tall one. She's the tall one. She's. Okay. She also did a lot of training with her person, her trainer from Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones for that fight. She's. I freaking love her. I want her and everything. Really? She's so good. See, I know people that were mad about Phasma because like doesn't even do anything. <laughs> like, well, but that was back when the first movie came out. Yeah. I'm like, well, she's gonna do more stuff. It. Phasma is a waste of Gwendolyn Christie, I think, because she's so good in Game of Thrones and like being that big knight noble character that's like doing good and bad stuff. And you know, anyway, but I think and then at the very end, right, where she links up with the First Order, somehow like Mando goes and either is at the thing, you know, like encounters the Jedi Temple as it's burning or. Does something where then he gets the little baby, the child of Grogu, gets him back. Yeah. And I'm like, that'd be the perfect way to end it. Well, how are they going to end it? They're probably going to actually, whenever they do the next season, start it with him having the baby. Because they're not going to give up all those toy sales of Baby Yoda. Mm, yeah. But that's the coward's way out. I would end the last or second to last episode with him getting Grogu back. Yeah. Or encountering Grogu again. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like, where's Grogu? Right. Like he's off doing his own thing. That's true. He's his own man. Yeah. He's a tiny little man. Tiny little man. You've seen my little robot Grogu, right? <laughs> yeah. Robot. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm so cute. Um, all right. End of the day, when it's all said and done, what do you get in this movie? Personally, I say A plus for me now at this point. I would give it an A minus. I think it's got plenty of highs. I wish it was a little more polished to put it over there, but I give it an A minus. Is this the highest we've rated a Star Wars movie so far? We love. We went real high on last on, on Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, but didn't it? I thought I gave it like a, I don't a B or something. Like no one it knows. Was A minus? No one knows know. what we rated it. Okay, now here's another question: mm. Where are you ranking this? Where are you ranking the throne room fight? Yeah, it's too hard. It's not hard for me. Up to this point, this is without a doubt, hands down, the best lightsaber. Wow, I would put it top three, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think. Although I will say, I forgot how good Luke's fight with Kylo was when he does like just like the dodging and swirling. You're like, how's he doing that? But you know, he's not actually. You know. Yeah. I thought it could have looked so stupid, and instead, it was awesome. I like so this is something I picked up on just this last one that I watched when I watched it right before how obviously there's like the line similarities between Vader and Kylo Obi-Wan oh yeah their fight so oh. they're saying very similar lines mm-hmm. um, but it's like the entire fight like even their moves and stuff is just like them re he basically just remade that fight but modern and had luke do cool flips and stuff mm-hmm. but it's the same like the way they hold their lightsabers and all that 
the there's just like Kylo's obviously a lot more. He's younger. He's mm-hmm. yells a lot more and does more wild swings. Yeah. But even like they even do the tip tap kind of thing, but it's mostly like dodging, which is like what Obi-Wan does a lot in the yeah. first fight they ever do. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more dodging, a lot more getting out of the way. And then I'm just here to buy time so that they can escape. Yeah. And that's the, the purpose of the fight. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the right way to remake. It. Yeah. <laughs> Where you're like, I have set up. He's becoming the same as Vader. He's going through this transformation. And at the end, you kind of pay it off with that same shot that they had for Anakin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once after it's like he's dubbed Darth Vader. And the next shot is him walking in the Jedi temple. Mm-hmm. So that's what you pay it off with. Like, okay, he is a Sith now. Yeah. And then like, I was like, Oh, so it's cool. I would say as a sword fight, episode three is probably still cooler but as far as like the visuals and like mm-hmm. how just, oh, yeah that throne room one's very cre- and just like having creative weapons makes it an interesting fight and I, the lightsaber toss and the yeah the it's turn- what everyone always wanted to do Ooh. everyone always had those two questions right like why don't you just turn on the lightsaber with the force and why don't you just turn the lightsaber on when someone's right there and he did them both in in one movie yeah. and i was like ryan you beautiful man I also I liked the choreography because he's obviously a, a trained yeah person. So he's you see him grabbing the spear and like he's using some of their weapons too. Like, you're like yeah. oh yeah, he's really been trained in combat. And while Ray is good, she's not like an experienced fighter. Yeah, like she has the she's her still, reflexes are faster than normal, and she's used to using her spear thing. But like she's not yeah, yeah she she's not trained so, with many weapons and yeah had like. So you had her engaging experience. one person while he's engaging four. Yeah. And they're both holding their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that's awesome. Because like, it's obvious that they are both above these guys, but these guys could have easily taken her down. Mm-hmm. They could not I don't even think all of them together could have taken him down. Right. Which then is that part is actually paid off in the next one. Like the shrug. Ah, oh, the shrug. The shrug. Oh, gosh. Man. I don't... I don't know if you know this, Cody. I love the shrug. I've heard, but I've not seen. So good. So I don't have I don't have much else to say. I do love this movie. I yeah. wish it was just a little bit more realized as far as like some of the pace and some of the effects. But as a whole, and like I said, with how strong the ending are and the themes are, I'm just like, it is a great, it's one of the greats. I wish I could go back in time. To Kathleen Kennedy, who's like the person over Star Wars, the yeah. way Kevin Feige's over mm-hmm. Marvel. And when they go to Ryan Johnson and he says, nope, this is, you need to, this is too fast of a turnaround. I can't do it. I, w- I want to go back in time and say to her, ask him how much time he needs and give him that much time. Well, you it think about the Star Wars off. movies. The original trilogy was three years apart each. Yeah. It was like 76, 79, 83 or something like that. It was like three years between each one. People talked about that. Like there was a big wait. People were like, this is before franchise. People were like, are we going to get, I hope we get another Star Wars movie. Like maybe, you know, and and it did happen, but they're operating off the two year schedule. And you're like, it's not enough to, especially when they didn't, if they, look, if they had the arc planned, if it was like a Russo brothers thing where it's like, Hey, y'all are doing, you know, this movie, this movie, you know, you get event end game part one and two. And they had it all planned ahead of time. If they had done that, sure. You can do it for two years. 
Not when you're yeah. not when you're taking it movie by movie and director by director. You need a little bit more time than that. And it's like give him six more months, give him one more year. That's all he probably needed. You know, like three years yeah. would have been enough time. Which did they release episode seven on like an anniversary date or something? Is that why maybe they wanted it out sooner? I don't remember. They were the thing is they were doing holiday releases. Yeah. So I think they were counting on like, hey, December, 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 or maybe this one might have been November. That's the other thing too. They moved the this second one. movie to December. Because of how well the first one did it was going to be released okay. in like summer um that's the other thing too is like they pushed solo out in a few months like they've they've pushed movies where it's like all right it'll be a summer guy you could have done this one in the summer it would have been just fine i mean yeah. episode three was in summer and it was did great yeah and i don't know that's what you're trying if you're trying to make two billion dollars give it the time it needs I don't, I don't think a Ryan. I, well, I would have loved the Ryan Johnson trilogy. I think the J.J. Abrams trilogy from start to finish would have made more money, and that's the kind of that's the sad truth of it, right? Is that yeah. I think the Ryan Johnson one would have been better, but it's kind of like starting is easier too. That's the other but, thing. Starting one out is the easiest part. Yeah, and J.J. got to do the start. <laughs> and Ryan threw the curveball with the middle one, and it was a great movie. Didn't make quite as much money, which happens. And then the final movie came, and yeah. that's the real hard part. Well, I mean, it's kind of like if you went to, so like take Blade Runner, right? Which mm -hmm. was a flop, even though it made money, but it barely made money, right? Because mm -hmm. of and they marketed it poorly. It wasn't but Blade Runner is only good with time. Like I'm talking Blade Runner twenty four nine. Oh, you're talking about twenty four nine? Yes. Right with. With how much they spent on it and how much they spent on that, how much they spent on the movie itself plus the advertising, it was not a financial success by any means. Yeah. It may have made its money back. But with how they advertised it right, imagine how successful it would have been had they gone to like James Cameron and had him make it. Right. It would have been a worse movie. Like it still would have been probably a good movie. It would have been a technically good movie. Let it, it would, would have been a lot more action, a lot cooler visuals. It would not have been intriguing. Yeah. Don't knock the visuals of Blade. Blade Runner 2049 has impeccable visuals. But I'm saying it would have been a lot shinier. Flashier. Flashier Just been yeah. like, hey, look, fast moving images. Yeah. You know. And it would have made more money. Yeah. But Denis Villeneuve's mo uh, movie that he made is a better movie than James Cameron would have made. Yeah. Now that James Cameron can't make I'm surprised movies. Dune even is, is even getting made. Like, I know that they saw Blade Runner and they were like, oh, this man can do it. But given how little money it made, I'm very surprised they still went with him for Dune. Yeah. Because Which, it always comes down to money. Yeah. And it almost kind of makes you think, like, if they... Because, you know, it seems... And to anybody that knows about that movie and knows how about, like, paid attention to everything leading up to it, it's obvious that the problem was the way they build it. They build it as like an action movie and it was not an action Sci movie. Sci-fi action like a movie. Noir and it was like detective nope. movie. This is a very slow paced sequel to a movie that is not fast paced yeah. <laughs> by any means. So, you know, you think like, oh, well, they're like, oh, and they come out and they're like, oh, it was a failure. And so you think to yourself, well, they just are like, you can't do it. But there's always the chance that they are like, well, we build this wrong. The marketing people pitch this wrong. This is not, we need to give him a different The other movie. problem is like, the other thing they needed to do is they needed to market the original Blade Runner, right? Because how many people, Blade Runner has this huge cult following. Yeah. A cult's following. You're going to make a big budget sequel to it 30 years later. 
Yeah. That doesn't make any sense marketing wise. That in no world does that make any sense. So it's like you would have to have resurrected Blade Runner one. So you you know, you would have had to push Final Cut of Blade Runner, like the good cut of Blade Runner, be like, hey, like remember that you would have to build a buzz around Blade Runner. Yeah, they did. But at the same time, it's a cult movie. It's not it is not a broad appeal. So why on earth? I'm not mad they spent two hundred million dollars on a sequel to it because it is my favorite sci-fi movie ever made. But why did they spend two hundred million dollars to make a sequel thirty years later to a cult movie with a French Canadian director? I don't understand the algebra. Make, obviously, they made a great movie, but like the yeah. business equation makes zero sense. They're like, there's no universe where this movie was going to make a billion dollars. Best case, it would have made. Best case, the box office would have been five hundred million. Best yeah. case, and part of it, like especially, it's even more so this way now with the streaming services and all of them competing on that right so you could say well there's no way it's gonna make money but there is also the chance that they didn't ultimately at the top the people that were like we're making it this is the plan for it mm-hmm. their goal may not have actually been to make a billion dollars their goal may have been like disney is eating our lunch they are they are the they're going to become the movie company and we're right. just going to be like doing hbo or something we have to throw out a huge like we have to show that we can roll with them which is something that you gotta think like you know on the one hand it's like well they're spending all this money but on the other hand that's not that much money to how big of a company it was at&t that's not that much money to at&t yeah 200 million dollars is like a seven day right like operating budget thing here's my thing and this it's not how Hollywood operates. And I know it's not why most people see movies. I see movies based on directors, right? Mm-hmm. Writers, directors, sometimes cast. Like, yeah. I look at all of that. Sometimes trailers. Yeah. You know, like, that's how I see, like, hey, who made this movie? What are they made? Okay, I'm going to go see it. And I know that's not how the average person sees what they made a movie. But there's something to be said for when you go to see a trailer and it's like, hey, uh, Tom McBlunt, we're the producers of John Wick and we made an action movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, if people like John Wick and they see that maybe people worked on John Wick, so maybe they'll go see Atomic Blonde, whatever. I don't like I said. There's something to be said for the movie company A24. Yeah. Because two thirds of their movies are excellent. And the third that aren't excellent are not bad movies. They're just not great. Yeah. They are very, they're very consistent. Like surprise. Mm-hmm. So if you like indie movies, you will never go wrong with A24. You know, like I said, yeah. most A24 movies are going to be great for you and that's how i feel like yeah. i look at their list and like loved it loved it didn't like yeah. it but didn't hate it whereas like a lot of these big budgets you're like i don't know it's just i think there's something to be said for consistency and if you can i think the critics i know most people don't i always agree with the critics but if you can make a movie that critics and audience like consistently mm-hmm. for i think longevity wise the critics do have some sway where it's like look this movie is well received and those are industry people you know like mm-hmm. i don't know I, I guess i'm just saying like give it a good go and go for the consistency factor and don't just always chase the dollar because you you want star wars to be like hey star wars is as good as marvel where it's like if you like star wars every star wars movie is gonna be worth your time every marvel movie is worth your time if you're a marvel fan yeah. and even people who aren't still go and see the major movies mm-hmm that's what they need to be doing with star wars and i feel like they they've been in and out on it they're like okay uh, let's do it with this director and like okay never mind no reshoot it reshoot it change it change how we're doing it yeah we did it wrong you're like pick your strategy and go with it 
Yeah, I which it seems kind of like to me that they've stepped back, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, okay, this, you know, main movie, side story, main movie, side story, main movie. That's not working. But what's being very successful is taking people with a very good idea, very good directors, and giving them like these big budget shows that by the end of the series or the end of the season, we spend as much as we would have on a movie. Mm-hmm. But it allows a lot of people to give their try. Basically, I bet you they tr- look at Mandalorian like tryouts to get a full. Well, Taika budget. Waititi. Yeah. He directed an episode of Mandalorian. He's getting a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And like, I think John Favreau is way more involved in like the overarching direction of Star Wars now because of that right. project and that it was his project. And like, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and say Ryan Johnson is getting a thing, but we realized that a three movie tr- uh, trilogy, like a big budget mm-hmm. trilogy, isn't the best thing for him. You know, maybe like saying, you know, give us a movie and then maybe six, seven years down the line, you'll do another one in the same time period or something. Yeah. Because he seems like he wouldn't want to work on three of the same kind of movie in a row. He'd want to jump, do something else, come back to it. Also, what's Knives Knives Out 2 even going to be about? I don't know. It's going to be about Monopoly. Is it going to be like, hey, it's just another Ryan Johnson mystery movie? Or is it going to be the same character? You know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. All right, we got to end. Yeah, <laughs> this has gone on too long. Keep, keep going. Let's talk about socialism some more. All right. The Here's the thing about socialism. <laughs> Let's talk about capital. <laughs> Who owns it? Okay. No. All right. Um, thank you for listening. You can rate, share, review us. Try Apple Podcasts. We we need the street cred to get on Rotten Tomatoes to correct yes. the ills and the wrongs that have always... Uh, you review bombers. And uh, we're posting memes. You can engage with us, yell at us, at Opinion Havers on Twitter, Facebook, kind of Instagram. I'll figure that logging out one day. <laughs> one day. Thanks for listening. Until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. I hate the way he spells his name, but I love the way he makes movies. RJ. I've trash-talked this movie so much coming (laughs) up to this point. It's so good. I did not think it was. I'm a different man. Mm. Those milky mamas got me. (laughs)